everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio, number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do not give a fuck about your Democratic candidates, any single one of them. Thanks for being here. It's the call-in show. Sunday night, time for a street fight. 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. We're taking your calls. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can call in, talk to Brian and I. Let us know what's going on in your world. Let us know uh, what's how bosses are fucking you over in this new day and age. Um, let us know what's happening in your neck of the woods. We always like to have interesting, fun calls, and Street Fighters are the best. If you want more of what we do, you can find it at streetfightradio.com. We also have a lot of bonus content available over on Patreon, patreon.com slash streetfightradio. And now... Even if you aren't a Patreon member, I suggest going to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. If you sign up to get notified when we do new posts, we do free posts. I put my Hi-Fi Fridays out there. I make announcements about tours. There's a lot of information that runs through it. So it's not just a paid flat platform. If you want to keep up with us and find out when we're going to be uh, in your area, we will put it there first. So if you want to come, come see Street Fight Radio Live, in October, we are going to be in Texas. We're going to be in Austin, Texas on October 14th at the North Door. We're going to be in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on October 16th. That's a Wednesday night at 51st Speakeasy, which I found out is actually owned by the employees. Very cool. Dallas, Texas, October 17th, coming back to where my daughter is from. Sons of Herman Hall uh, in Deep Ellum, Texas. Uh, Kath is saying she wants to do karaoke at Double Wide. I think that's a good idea. I like Velvet Velvet Elvis paintings and uh, Yahoo Yeehoo's or whatever they're called. Also, Friday, October 18th, Houston, Texas, we're going to be doing a show with Party World Wrestling. We're going to be opening things up. We're going to have a separate street fight before. Hopefully, we're in the ring. I want to run the ropes at least once, and uh, that intro is going to be fucking phenomenal. But if you want more information about all of that head over to streetfightradio.com on the very front page on the left hand side you're going to see the brand new show Uh, it has also information about any closing songs that we do and then on the right hand side has all of our most recent touring information with that all that said let's do this damn thing hey i care about your democratic candidates all of them that's what you're here for so much about that's what you're here for it's me it's a balance i'm caring about them it's a balance uh yeah, I don't care. Also, uh, the Patreon, a lot of activity. Um, on uh, October 1st, October comes out. First episode is Opie and Anthony with me and uh, Felix Biederman. Felix will be a- along with me on this entire journey. And uh, we'll be looking at Shock Jocks. So sign up. Anything above $5 on the Patreon is going to get the shock t- Shocktober. And after that, all the other cool little mini series that we're putting together in the lab in the street fight lab just mixing it up mixing yeah it up. i recorded the first episode of small business tyrants with nick from means tv as well we complained about business we got frustrated <laughs> nick said i'm never union using union t-shirts again because the one that he printed with like the shirts just fell apart oh no <laughs> ours are great ours are great no ours are good i convinced him to come back into the fold but it was a good show that'll be on the one dollar stream coming up soon yeah, so, you know, the Patreon's a weird different place where non-Street Fight stuff happens, but uh, is tangentially related to Street Fights. So and there's cool. also, yeah, for those of you that need hundreds of hours of content, it's over there. Yeah. Uh, that's been a slow weekend for me. I didn't really do anything. I watched John Wick 3 with the wife. You've already seen it? 
I did. I saw it the day before we went on one of our tours. So it was kind of like a mess in my brain. So I watched it again last night and it's very good. It's, it's worth watching. There's a lot of killing in it, which is perfect. My wife was like, man, they cover everybody's faces in these movies. I wonder what that's all about. And I'm like, because you're watching a bunch of people get killed. It's great not to see their faces. That's what makes it a good movie. <laughs> Wait, she wanted to see like their death rattle? <laughs> she wanted to see was, their agonized faces? I think it was just that she noticed whenever somebody comes like rolling it, whenever he's got to fight a bunch of faceless people, they're literally faceless people. Oh. like, And they're in Casablanca for a scene, and she said, is it or is their face like covered like because they're bad guys or covered because it's like their culture? And I'm like, I think it's covered because people don't like looking people in the eyes when they get their brains blown out. <laughs> and you like watch that happen like a hundred times in this movie is all about blowing people's brains out. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier for me to watch, you know, for sure. No, I don't feel bad for any of the bad guys because it's one of those things that's like bad guys are workers yes and generally like probably just going through a rough patch in their life yeah. and that's what made them bad guys i mean the main bad guy I mean, is a bad guy you sure know? but, but like, every other bad guys i did i you know i i subscribe to the leslie lee the third belief on batman and stuff like that and that like the people that batman's beating up are bad guys right like, and in the dc universe they're bad guys. And it, 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 like the rest of their conditions don't matter to me because it's a fictional world where they're bad guys. Right. But like uh, you, you can't ever get out of the like it's weird because I can't ever get out of the mindset of like uh, I, I'm like kind of a bad guy, you know, yeah, like, and you know, for America. Like we all live here, we're all part of the thing. It's like I've like yeah, if someone was gonna if someone was going to say, hey, I'll give you enough money. To pay for your kids' braces, if you just guard this tractor trailer for one night, you're like, wow, that's great money, you know? And then all of a sudden, John Wick comes and blows your brains out. I know. I know. That's the thing. Like, a lot of people he's killing are trying to kill him, but then a lot of people he's killing are just guarding. They're just guarding some shit, some, like, fine art that somebody has or something like that. And it's like, whoa, hey, could you fucking sneak? Yeah, break an arm or something. Maybe try sneaking yeah. a little bit. Or, yeah, break an arm, you know? All right, all right, you broke my arm. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with the fight. Yeah. That's how they used to do it back in the day. They would just break an arm. That's one of the best moments of uh, Ricky Bo of Talladega Nights. Yeah. When he says, I'm going to break your arm, he's like, you're not going to break my arm. And then he breaks his fucking yeah, arm. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the thing that they've gotten out of, because I think this is MMA is the fault for this, is when they used to walk up behind guys and take their neck and just snap it. It's yeah. like, what happened to that, man? Yeah. I still believe that. Seagal. I, I'm not. Yeah, I still believe that. I'm not like saying it's fake. Do it. Yes, you know? Seagal, yeah, when they got in a fight, it sounded like someone stomping a pile of twigs. Like, it, it was just kneecaps getting busted and arms being pushed the wrong way. Someone getting kicked in both knees so that they walk like a horse for the rest of their life. It's funny, because there's this guy I grew up with that was, like, a martial arts guy. And he would be like, hey, I tried out to be the Green Ranger. Hey, I got my whatever belt one of the color belts by meditating for nine hours straight while somebody watched me to make sure I didn't do anything else. And the other thing he did though, he would do is he would like, if you were just, I worked with him at Kroger and he would sneak up to you and then put his arms like 
in a move around your head and be like, I could have just snapped your neck right there and you'd have never fucking known. And I was always like, that's cool, man, that you can do that. <laughs> now I think about it and I'm like, somebody would have. I mean, like, if he, he would have got in a fight, he never got in a fight in school, which smart. Yeah. Because if you go to a hillbilly school, right? If you go to a school with a bunch of rednecks and you tell them that you know a karate, they're yeah. all going to be like, okay. I want a shot. I don't want. Give yeah. me a shot. <laughs> I think they're going to say, give me a shot. You think so? I yeah. think they're going to be like, nah, I don't, you know, because he never got in a fight, dude. Not once in school. Nobody fought this guy they believe at that. school. And he was a shit talker. He talked all kinds of shit about how he could beat you up in this many seconds and shit like that. And it was just incredible that nobody whipped his ass. But then I've told the story before on the show about the guy, uh, my buddy Sean was fighting this guy, Angel, who was from like Brazil. And Angel was like built, dude. He was this built guy. He was the first guy I ever saw with like muscles and shit, like real wasn't like just a big guy, you know? And he shows up and uh, he shows up and he's like, uh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna kick this guy, right? They're fighting and he goes to Sean and he does a roundhouse kick on Sean, okay? Hits him right up here on the shoulder, right up top on the shoulder. Sean didn't even move for a second and just punched him in the face and knocked him out. Like it was nothing. So yeah. I've always had a healthy skepticism of karate is what I'm telling of martial arts is what I'm saying, I guess, on the show tonight. Like, that's just my little well, that's thing. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, I agree. And that's I think most people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, finding out it's more of a carny thing, too, is like a little bit weird. Like it's it's like the the way like some things are the way that it's it's framed as like this honorable, cool thing. And then you find out later it's like just a class that a guy's running that is trying to get as many heads in here. Right. He's doing number. He's like, I need 20 students per class for X amount of classes per week to bring in enough money to pay me. Right. And you're thinking like, well, okay, but the belts are like a real thing. And it's like, yeah, but if you're in a class and you don't get a belt after a certain amount of time, you're going to quit. So obviously they're like. Cause how many how many classes did you go to as a kid where you just didn't you didn't put in any of the work you know you were just like I'm I, I want to do this and then you get there because I'm watching my daughter do it right now with tennis it's like she's like I want to do tennis I think I like tennis but she never plays tennis unless she's at tennis practice <laughs> she never after school just goes and plays tennis she never reads a book about tennis she never uh watches tennis on yeah, television like everybody no. else it would be nice i would really would love to be that really i don't you just say the things that you would love to be but you like don't want to do the work to do them right but they're gonna keep moving her up in tennis it's not uh, it's not because they they're already saying like you know in the winter you can come and do tennis and then and and you'll be in a higher tennis league and then eventually you'll get the to varsity and it's like I see the tennis coach is like, I just want a tennis team, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I got this tennis job. I'm getting paid a little extra for this tennis job. I just want there to be a team. I'm going to keep pushing people up so that there's always a team. And I think that about some of the belts too, where it's like, got like people just go to the classes and they're like, you're a brown belt now. And it's just like, that'll be an extra $20 for the belt. You got to pass a test, over. dude. You got to pass a test to get your belt. Okay. Okay. They Did you see? Um, 
I guess uh, those the, are all earned. All those stripes are earned. That's true. I guess another thing I wanted to talk about a little bit before we got started, because it's going to be old by Wednesday. Did uh, you happen to catch uh, Joe Biden talking about corn pop? Oh, God. Did um, you catch it? I, I mean, I yes, I saw the aftermath of it. You didn't see the video. I didn't see the video. Okay. Plug into your computer. We're going to watch a video. Go How ahead. much research have you done? On corn pop? Yeah. None. You think he's fake? I think corn pop's real. Okay. Okay. I don't just have any to make reason sure. to believe. I hung out with a guy named Lily growing up. Yeah. Just you just know what to I make mean? Sure. Like, just wanted to make sure where you were. I didn't know where you were at on this. Because I already found out and then looked at all the detractors and have been through a lot of shit on this. So I just wanted to know where you're at at the moment. I mean, here's the thing, dude. People are named crazy stuff. That's just the facts, Jack. Well, I mean, yeah, everybody's, yeah, you get a nickname. It's better than having people say your real name. I knew that as soon as I handed acid to a couple of guys and they said, thank you, Brett. And I was like, oh, fuck, I wish I had a different name right now. Yeah, yeah. So here, here. Uh, hopefully this works because uh, I'm feeling like my audio is not working here. I don't know if I'll be able to hear it. I couldn't hear that theme song. Are you on OBS? No, but I can Open OBS. For OBS. Yeah. And are you plugged into the network? Uh, for sure. Okay, so just open OBS and you should be able to hear it. You gotta plug in your computer. I will. I figured that much. All right, uh, Brian's comp. All right. Here we go. Go for it. And I and learned that. <laughs> As I say, I don't hear it. I hate the internet. Oh, was that your, did you? Did, I just unplugged. Are you making all those noises? At, uh, Here we go. It makes a difference. This was the diving board area, oh, and I was one of the guards, and there weren't a lot of, there was a three-meter board, and you fell off sideways, you landed on the damn, uh, the darn cement over there, <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he the ran a bunch crazy. of bad boys, and I did, yeah, he, and back in those days, to show how things have changed. One of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, Corn pop. and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind oh it. Oh, my God. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Keep in mind, I Not want to a joke. say while this is going on. There's a guy named Bill Wright, the only white guy, and he did true. all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f f filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. He cut this. off a six foot length of chain. He pulled up, he said, you too. walk out with that chain. I mean, this and is you walk I mean, I laugh at say, you may tragedy. cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you kidding me? He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, they, those days, you used to remember the straight race. You'd what bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in the a rain barrel, get them rusty. <laughs> and I looked at them. But I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said... When I tell you get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that. Not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. He sang this to a crowd of <laughs> black folks at 
the pool, I guess, that's named after him, right? Yes, at the pool that's named after him, at the Joe Biden pool. He's explaining how, yeah, corn pop, you know? Uh, and I, the thing I like about it is that he tells the story of them making their, their razor blades rusty so that they could cut them and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's just, what a story, you know? Yeah, um totally awful i mean because the thing about it is that you like it's not in the time where you can say so that's how i was able to get along with a lot of you know black people yeah like, yeah yeah he's not he's like telling this story and you're supposed to be like oh he he can he can handle tough thug gangsters i know, you know? i know that's the thing it's like look at the fact that he goes and that's the audience he he looks at that audience and he's like i know i'll tell the story of corn pop that's the story I'll tell this on. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have told that to a fucking white audience, dude. You know? No, it was. I mean, I'm tough. I'm one of you. It's really fucking. It's exactly why we don't. He shouldn't be the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's totally unnecessary information. It also, though, did in remind me of people that I grew up with. Like, as soon as he started telling the story, it was just like all those occasions where you're about to get beat up, you know, and you somehow get past it or you get beat up, which I have done both. Sure. You know? <laughs> like I've been beat up. I've been not beat up. It's, it's very great. It goes so, both ways. That's corn pop. And uh, I think we can take some calls now, Brett. You ready <laughs> to take some calls? You really had to get that out there. I needed to play corn pop because I just love it. It's such a, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's one of those things where, you know, <sighs> uncle Joe Biden is fine because Uncle Joe Biden reminds us of family reunions where people will tell a crazy story like that. That's true. But that's not somebody that would I would make the president. Or even like that's not somebody I would even make like put in any position no, no. of uh of power. You know, it's not even like I, I don't even think of it like the president, dude. I think of it like like I wouldn't make him anything. Like I wouldn't even like governor, uh any of that stuff. You know, I'm just I, I it's unfucking believable that a guy like that, um, that a guy like that is even that far up in the polls. And that after telling that story, there's people already defending him and they saying people like, like that stuff. Yeah, they love it. They, I mean, that's, that's what they think is cool about him. I very mean, uncomfortable. That is. It is very uncomfortable. And it is it is part. Uh, it fits the, the narrative of like, you know, there's really tough. The, this these black communities are so tough just because those people are so dangerous you know it's not because people like joe biden are starving them of resources you know hey, yep absolutely it's just absolutely yeah it's so it's yeah that's this Corn is why pop. this is why i stay out of it this is why i don't want to be involved is this, with this, this shit. is why okay i this mean it's just like so infuriating sorry dude you got to be involved that's just all there is to Ugh. it. all right Let's that's see all there is to it you got to be involved it's unfortunate but you're there you're right here. You have to do it. He's going to be my president. It's blue no matter who. He is. He is going to be your president. Oh, yeah. Well, you tell your wife you're not going to vote for Joe Biden. I'll, she I'll sit there. She might. I think my wife is going to care. I think I'm going to get beef for it. Sure. If I say I'm not going to do it, she's going to be like, no. Uh, that is, uh, you're going to do it. You, like, actually have to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is... uh. Which is going to suck, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You do what they tell you. You're a wife. You get married. You do what they tell you. That's just the way that it is. And uh, that's how I live. That's right, how I live my life. That, right. I just do what I'm told, you know? 
<laughs> Vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, you got to, I guess. I mean, I don't want to, you know, but it does. It is like you do feel in a way you're like, you don't feel in a way like I, I, uh, I have to because things could like, I know that things can be worse. You know, like I know that things can actually get worse. And uh, I guess that's that's like my thing. Yeah, I mean, I th think they're about the same with that story that I just heard. That's so. true. I that's don't true. give a they're shit. Like I mean, the same it's guy. the nicer version. It's just the one that says they care about you before they stab you in the back. That's true. Democrats versus Republicans. Yeah, I dislike him. I hate him. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, fellas? It's Lucas from what I would say is arguably the least street fight state. Okay, so uh, can I guess? Go? Yeah, I want to guess. Um, yeah. Now, Utah? Nope, not okay, Utah. Okay, one more guess. <laughs> I, I know a state that is definitely the least street fight state. Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Connecticut. Okay. Well, Connecticut, we do well in the Northeast, though. That's the thing. We, we haven't been there, up. have we? Yeah, but we we got a lot of Connecticut people. I don't believe you have. We got a lot of Connecticut people at the Portland or at the Portland, Maine, and uh, and Boston show. I think Connecticut people could like us, but it is very rich what is, place. What's in there? Oh, Hartford. Oh, that pizza. You guys have that good fucking pizza. Yep. They are. They got good pizza. Yeah, New Haven. Well, what's yes. going on tonight? Um, I called in a couple weeks ago and vented some frustrations I was having, uh, getting a job for my client. I'm a, a PCA. Ah, oh, I yeah, remember. I, yeah. And since then we have gotten a job and, uh, we're working at a cider mill now, which is fantastic. There's like a petting zoo there and he's got to help take care of the animals and we polish a lot of apples and it's going real cool. Um, but I wanted to call in and talk more about uh, my union, which I'm also part of, and that's uh, getting more active. I posted a picture on uh, the page the other day. Um, we're doing this placard thing where we uh, send our complaints in, and I wanted to give a little update on that because I'm getting slowly more involved in that um, by accident, all, all unintentionally. Okay. How, how, wh explain a little bit what, the, uh, what, what union it is and, and what, what's happening. So it's uh, 1199 uh, SEIU, and it's a home health care workers union. Um, the state of Connecticut pays, um, or they, they have financial intermediaries that like uh, go between the two organs. Oh, you know, as I'm telling it, I'm worrying like this is kind of like a, a plan we have to, there's an action plan that. I don't think it's publicized. I don't know. Uh oh. I don't yeah. Know. You think it's safe to talk about on Street Fight? I would say in the union, people will hear it, but I don't think the other people will. But I think, uh, I mean, you yeah, know, you don't want to get in trouble. You can man. cut it off. Don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah, maybe I'm just a little paranoid now. I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I don't get yourself in trouble. I mean, dude. I think that I do agree that most people are paranoid, but like inside of your social groups, if you're organizing and someone hears you go tell all the plans on a radio, they could have a problem with it so i worry more about your friendships you know yeah because it, it there's probably yeah. if you're in a union there's probably street fight people in the union that just i know that they there are a lot well, pretty common it's a yeah okay so I, I won't talk so much about the union stuff but i i got bit by a pig i could tell, tell a story about that okay cool yeah how'd you get bit by a pig 
Well, at the job with my client where he's helping taking care of these animals in the petting zoo, uh, there's this pig, and I love animals, and I was super excited to be working with this pig, and I was feeding it extra apples and, like, giving it good pets behind the ears. And then when I was trying to open its pen one day, it bit my finger. And now I don't know where I stand with this pig. I thought we were cool, and uh, now I'm, like, semi-afraid of it. Well, pigs eat people, by the way. That's just a famous thing I've learned from many crime movies. You feed people to pigs after you kill them. So I don't think that pig's on your side. I'm just guessing. And also, here's the thing. I know people love animals, but they... They will bite you. I don't think they love you. I don't know. I'm trying not to be a penis about animals these days. No. I'm trying to be an asshole about animals these days. I mean, they're just, I mean, <laughs> if you are around me enough, I will fucking bite you. Right? I mean, yeah. like, everybody has a bad day. Right. So you think the pig had a bad day, maybe? Yeah. I mean, you get both. You get love and hate. That's true. We're all both sides. We're not just one thing. I would try to give it you another know, rub again, but I, I could also see, you know, like I said, I could also see it happening where, where this damn thing is going to uh, bite you again. I'm afraid of well, all animals, more, though. On the finger. What was yeah, it? I don't eat animals. And, like, I was telling everybody at the pet zoo, like, oh, you know, pigs are smarter than dogs. Like, dropping all my cool pig facts because pigs are awesome. And then it bit me. And I was like, what the hell, dude? I thought we were tight. And now that hurts more than the, the finger wound, which was minor. Like, I just put some Neosporin on it and cleaned it up, and it's fine. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm just that, stung personally. That I'm pig was smart enough to know about active. fucking hubris. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm afraid of pigs, and I would never get even. I'm, like, afraid of anything that's not human. Like, and I'm afraid of a lot of humans, too. But basically, if something's not human and I can't, like, talk yeah. to it and be like, hey, you know, don't bite my hand if I touch you, which I don't go around touching a lot of people. And I'm sure if I touched a person I didn't know, they, I mean, they would have every right in the world to bite my hand. But I, I am just a person that's like, uh, I, I don't touch anything. I don't, I've been bitten by too many dogs in my life. Cable guy. It's a job where you get bit by dogs and scratched by cats. That's just part of the thing, and I'm afraid of animals. So I would have never even touched the pig. I would have been too nervous. So I'm saying you're brave and misguided. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll call in again after uh, union action takes place, and maybe my relationship with the pig has improved a bit. Let <laughs> us know. <laughs> hey, we want to know about content. But. We want to know about union stuff. We just don't want to get people in trouble. So uh, have a, have a yeah. good night. We have gotten people in trouble before. So <laughs> yeah, they can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will err on the side of caution this time. Uh, will you bite the hand that feeds? If I'm a pig, the answer is yes. I mean, I am just like, I've been bitten by like a hundred dogs. I, conservatively, yeah, one hundred dogs. Bit versus a nip is a different thing. No, it's bit. That's all bit to no, me. No, some of them are like, some of them are like, just you know, letting you know they're there, and then some of them are like trying to rip your clothes off. Right. I'm saying that like when I got bitten by dogs, they were just mad. Oh, that was bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were just mad as hell at me, and they were coming to bite you. Yeah. I don't care if they nibble them, but I never play with dogs. That's the thing. I never play with them because the only dogs I really come in a lot of contact with are my parents who are really tall dogs that stick their nose in your fucking dick and balls and ass. And then uh, my uh, other, my in-laws who have small dogs who annoy the shit out of me too and like bite me. And uh, 
you know, climb around in my dick and balls and ass, which I don't know. Maybe my dick and balls and ass smell like something they like or something like that. But it is the worst feeling in the world to have a dog up your up your. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of shit. You got a lot of bacon grease down there. I don't have any grease down <laughs> there. I don't keep food in my pockets or wrapped around my penis or anything. Mm. It's clean. I mean, down dogs there. love duck butter. No, it's clean down. I'm clean. I clean all, right, all the, the next time. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? This is a old. This is someone's called a bunch. It's, it's the big guy. Oh hey, the big guy. We thought you called last week. I, I guessed wrong on one. No, I didn't. I didn't call last week. I, don't, I, I know you sound. You sound like soberer now. You sound like the business guy. Oh, do I? Because I'm. I'm like stoned out of my mind. Okay. <laughs> Well, I think maybe California the big guy, sober. Yeah, I think you made that. You made yeah. that mistake twice. We'll Sorry, go ahead. What? Go ahead. Um, no, I'm, I uh, I'm checking in on you guys. How you guys doing? How you guys handling the whole? This is not the big Joe guy. Bungler. I'm kidding. How are we handling Joe Biden? Yeah, old Joe Bungler. Ah, uh, it's great. That, is, that he is the second coming of O'Bungler. He's, he's Joe Bungler. He's the guy, you know. He's is like he? if you're doing comedy, a comedy show, he's a slam dunk. I think is is the thing because he just is gonna. He's old and creepy and like extremely liberal. Yeah, right? I don't think the age he's, has anything. He's a real good target. I mean, I don't think the age has anything to do it because I have seen lots of people that are, have an advanced age that still keep it together. He is just losing it, well, like, further. Like, he's just leaning into well, it now. right. But think about Bernie and Bernie jokes. I mean, there's there's plenty of jokes about Bernie's age. He's too old for me, for sure. Everybody, everybody finds hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally okay with making fun. I, 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 I would hate to say... Well, the, the Bernie thoughts... Twitter account where he's like ranting about Arby's and stuff like that. Like that's, I mean, that's just, it just comes with the territory that, you know, if you're kind of old, it's, it's easy to dunk on you. Right. And I think like, I, I think like some of the, some of the people are less fun to make fun of. Obviously Bernie is not fun to make fun of because people get so mad about it and take it so personal that you can't, oh. like if you do it, then you get yelled at. But Joe Biden is fun to make fun of. I think Cory Booker is incredibly fun to make fun of. Oh, like, I love that guy. Cory Booker is hilarious. I know. He just released a, a sticker. I, I posted it on Twitter oh, just now. He just he released a sticker after the debates, and it said, vote, Dagnabbit. And it said, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a king, right? I mean, it's because everybody was happy when, like, what, oh, Beto said damn or something? He's been cussing a lot. He actually, Beto's been cussing Because lately, he, or, like, even earlier in the week, he posted, hell yeah, we're taking your AR-15. I was oh, like, yeah. this guy, he found his thing. He's the guy that cusses. He's the angry guy that cusses all the time. I, I mean, whatever. It's like, honest. it sounds honest. It should be closer you know? to that. But he is also a guy. Here's the problem with him. Here's the problem. We know that he is sort y of. Y'all want to know something about, like, Beto? Yeah. He is he is the quintessential Texas Democrat. Every every Texas Democrat I know is like, oh, they said damn, how edgy and uh 
I don't know. It's he's 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 a very and like he went to UT and he lives you know he lives in a big city. He kind of knows Spanish. You know, he's he's a very quintessential. Texas archetype. Well, he's a. You know what I mean? He's yeah, also no, absolutely. Like, I mean, among the churchgoers and people, it seems blasphemous to say that kind of stuff. He also part of him that that annoys me though is like, okay, like he's cussing more, which is the way people talk, which is closer to what I think you want a candidate to do. You know, like because I think part of the reason Trump won maybe is because he talks like people talk. You know, not like normal people, but like. You, the people that voted for Trump talk like Trump. Like, that's how they talk in their everyday life, you know? And, like, I think that, like, I think a guy like Beto is a machine guy. Like, he seems like he comes from a Democratic machine and that he cussed. No, he cussed. I think he it, cussed once and then people, it, the poll number bumped like a percentage and then he cusses now all the time. Like now he's like figuring out, like I gotta be like the cussing cowboy. That's who I gotta be now. <laughs> no, he's playing. He's playing a like. He's playing a like. Uh, like North Central Texas college liberal. That's his demographic. That's what he runs. Like, True. I know. I know so many people that are just like they love Beto so much and. Because his, like his demographic, you know, I don't know. He's who do you people act like he's a machine or whatever? But I mean, he's really got a demographic. He's he's a real person, um, which is also frightening. Which is you know just as frightening. Um, Hello. So, who who, who are you? <laughs> yeah, that's I'd I'd like to ask that with Texas having having your own candidate in the Democratic primaries for like probably the first time in a, in a while. Who who what are about you, Rick Perry? The Democratic, oh, Democratic primary. Sorry. Who are you seeing the most of? Like who? What kind of people are you seeing the most? What kind of people are you seeing the most? people for is it beto um, down in texas we're headed down there i want to know if we're dealing with a lot of beto people or yeah other i, I need to know if i need to stand on a stool at the beginning of the show to get their attention um i don't know where it, it, it depends on where you're going um beto's pretty popular in like Denton, DFW, Austin, El Paso. <laughs> he's pretty popular in quite a lot of places we're going to uh, dallas houston yeah, Dallas. Yeah, people like Beto in Dallas. That sounds it sounds about right to me, to tell you the truth. Uh when I went to Dallas, the one thing I realized is that if there's liberals there, they're probably like the real kind of liberals. Like they got money out there. Dallas is a money place, you know? They got all that oil I think, out there. I really think Beto I really think Beto really overextended his popularity. He would be a good he would be a good candidate for any kind of position in Texas, he could probably challenge Ted Cruz in a few years again and beat him. But president, I mean, people just don't know him enough outside of Texas to give a fuck. Really. Right. I think but, an interesting, I, I think an interesting thing is that like, he was one of those crooked media guys, like crooked media was really pushing him the pod save America people. That they were like really, yeah, they were yeah, really pushing yeah. him, and I think like 
with with guys like Willie Nelson. There were like a there were a lot of like Texas famous people that were really into oh, Beto. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I could see being Beto and being like, shit, I'm famous. Like, look how famous I am. Everybody loves me because Willie Nelson likes me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, cause, yeah. cause like, yeah. we, I talked about this on the first episode of Shocktober, but it's like, when you're a person who has fans, that will tide you over for the first little piece of whatever project you're doing. Like having fans. You want to know what's bullshit? You know what? You want to know what's bullshit that I saw a lot of people criticize that like, and here's the thing. I don't want to defend anything that Beto has done because <laughs> he is just a shit lib and I don't agree with basically any of his politics at all. But when they, when he did the uh, Dodge Caravan, uh, campaign ad where they're like oh just filling up the dodge minivan yeah uh that costs like 20 some odd dollars can you donate that and everybody was like oh they probably calculated that number or they like folks grouped it or whatever and it's like no they they didn't want you to see they that's the donation they wanted they wanted the they wanted you to see the minivan and think oh my god he drives a minivan that's pretty hot because <laughs> yeah. that's the demographic he's, he's like pulling out here well that's what i roll up in too so right i, I know the yeah i know the time yeah. right and what i was saying is just like when you have fans the fans are good solace for a period right but then you start to seek respect once you start to get respect from your peers and people who are maybe above you in the in the right. world you start to then count them as shit. like yeah. yeah you become you believe in it and i think that like what happened with him was that like it would be very hard for me to not start believing in myself if the amount of people that believed in Beto O'Rourke believed in him. But again, it's like this vast overestimation of, of politically savvy people where like almost nobody in Ohio knew who Beto O'Rourke was. Almost nobody in, in like all, any other state but Texas knew who he was unless they were listening yeah, to Pod exactly. Save America, you know? So... That that's what I think, big guy. It is good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's good to be on. You got to call back more, man. You yeah, we're coming to your part of town. Yeah, we got to find. We got to meet up, man. You got to come and meet up with us, big guy. Listen to our show. All right, um, I'll I'll get back in the loop and uh, I'll see. I'll, I'll call y'all back. Okay, you call back. Thanks, big guy. We miss you. Thanks for calling in, You know, buddy. you don't know this, but every single show we've done, we put one ticket for big guy just to see if you would come and accept yep. it. Yep. Or, that was the plan. All right. Ha have a good night, big guy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is funny to think about, like, do you have you the Trillbillies posted that video. They showed it to us on Hellfire. But that woman that's driving the car. No, have you seen it? I, I don't. Uh, uh, there was some fan doc that was made for Beta when he's running against Cruz, and there's this woman that's driving in a car, and she's like, yeah, Ted Cruz is going to realize real quick that there's a new kid in his town. His name is fucking Beto, and you better pack your shit up and get out of here. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> the people, that, I mean, you know, but, I mean, that's the only hope you have. I mean, I lived in Dallas for a brief period of time, and, like, it was very overwhelming to not just be like, Oh, yeah, I guess, you know, some people are milking. I guess your friend is actually milking the system. You yeah. know, like they would just hit you with the, or like when I came into work and someone was like, 
I'm tired of hearing about these genetically modified fucking chicken sandwiches. I'll eat whatever the fuck I want and not yeah. have people worry about it for me. And it's like, all right. I know. I was listening to YKS uh, this week, Brett, and they went to the Huckabee show live. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, they do free shows. Huckabee does his show. You can go be a part of the audience for free. Where at? In Nashville. Oh, that's close to us. <laughs> I know. So Mike and Next Je- time Corn is on there, I want to see. Yeah, so Mike and Jesse went to see the Huckabee taping, and they said there was a comedian, like, kind of warming it up. Yeah, they do that. And uh, they would, like, try to get him to, like, they want to get him to, ha- they record the audio, and then they use that later. Yeah. And, uh, as crowd noise. One of his bits was about KFC making vegan oh, bucket of chicken. And the fucking audience booed and, like, got crazy mad about really? the fact that KFC made a vegan oh, bucket right. of chicken. Yeah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, no. I thought they were going to be like, wait, we welcome our non-meat-eating no. brothers and sisters. No, but imagine being, why would you be, what is to be mad about there? Because like, we're losing is, our- Oh, God damn it. Vegan chicken? What's, what do they think of next? Yeah. We're losing our American value, American values, and these cultural Marxists are going to push their plant-based food, meat products on us. You Dude, know, if it tastes the fucking same, right? It don't. What? What do you mean? It's got to taste like death, right? No, you it can taste it when something lost its no, life. No, chicken, especially. First of all, the Impossible Whopper tastes exactly the same as the Whopper. It's like there's no difference. It does make your tum tum hurt, but that's fine. So does the, the normal does. Yeah, yeah it's they're it's, both delivered both hurt. ways. Yeah, and, it's but, about fourteen grams of saturated fat each go round. But I mean, they figured out chicken ten years ago. You know, I've been hanging out with you for ten years, and you've been eating that chicken for ten years. It tastes like chicken. It's not a hard thing to do. Chicken isn't like a ton of flavor, you know. And I mean, what is this big fucking problem? Why would they have a problem with people eating less meat? Like I don't. They nobody is telling them they can't have the regular bad chicken because I would eat the vegan chicken. They're scared. Yeah, they think it's gonna get taken away. They there's they can't. They think the moment that I say I like this, they're gonna say we don't do meat chicken no more. At That's KFC. true. We just do plant based chicken now. I know you come. You have to pay it. twenty. You have to pay sixty dollars for a family meal now. Yeah. Well, people. We are- have vegan mac and cheese. It's only fourteen dollars a pound. Uh, we have, you know, vegan mashed potatoes. They're twenty five dollars a pound. And uh, you know, now when you go to KFC, it's a hundred dollars for your family. Sure. Yeah. It's- That's what they're afraid of. It's gonna be taken away from them. You can't get a bucket of chicken anymore on the way home, and everybody be happy. Yeah. Now people are thinking about supply side economics and where their well, food comes from. It's just no skin <laughs> off their back is what I'm trying. Like, it is. I know. I know. Like it doesn't affect you at all. It's, it's like no skin off my back. What I eat meat, dude, and I don't care. It makes other people feel bad. Why? What? They, what? Because well, is- they because they because they come up in their mind that like what I'm doing is a matter of saying like I'm making a better decision than you and I'm living my life better and I'm now judging you when it's really like. Oh shit, vegan chicken through a drive-thru? I want that. Like that's all that's all it comes down to is like whether or not it's available. Like all the trash ass places have been there since I've been alive. Yeah. So when the new stuff comes out, I'm not trying to say everybody, you know, but they they imagine this world where everybody's like, "Well, why would you eat regular chicken, you know?" Or they imagine a world where where capital like like where I guess like it's this weird thing cuz like it's capitalism. You know, Burger King and KFC were losing customers, yeah. obviously, because there's a bunch of people that don't eat meat. And when we're traveling, especially with you, have to, 
you have to settle a bunch of times well, for K- like bullshit. Well, like K- KFC, what I normally do <laughs> is I get a family sized order of green beans and eat the whole thing. And it's yeah. a lot of green beans. It's too many. Right. But you need that fiber on the road. Right. And you need, but, but, and the and thing nutrients. is, like, they want your money. Yeah. Yeah. They want you, they, they well, would that's like why, to also have your money along with the meat people's money. And that's true. It is weird because from, coming from like a red blooded American patriot, audience you would expect them to be like yeah make your money right like this is capitalism you're really doing it because like i told you as soon as burger king came out with that whopper i've spent zero dollars with them in the last 10 years and then all of a sudden i had spent 140 dollars with them in one month i buy it all the time <laughs> it's just anytime it's around i'll just like toss me one you know yeah. if throw you, me I, a whop i'm hungry i might as well have a whopper yeah you know? Uh, I got a big hunger that needs satisfied right now. I want something that's larger than your average fucking hamburger. I want something that's splayed out, something that's comfortable. Well, yeah, and it is just something that you've had all your life. Yeah, that is there. I thought I would never have it again. I gave it up. Like when I did when I did vegetarianism, it was like you're never gonna get a Whopper again, and I'm like. I can live with that. Like I was shutting the door on that. Yeah. And all of a sudden they open it right back up. I'm like, we changed our mind. We want you back. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny though. That, that like you now you got to live. So you became a vegetarian when it was like, nobody was like doing anything for it. I was, you it was a morning star at Burger King. Yes. Sort of thing. That was it. That was the biggest development in fast food was that they would put a morning star in the microwave and put it on a bun for you. Right. So there was that, but then you, Got to live until they all decided, like, we need to get him back. Yeah. We need, now you're it worked. the guy. This is the only boycott in my life that has actually <laughs> fucking worked. Where they actually, be, they want me back. You're going to be quarter pounders next Dude, year. You're going to have a quarter pounder with cheese next year. As soon as that bucket of chicken is available, my wife is going to be like, you want to pick up a bucket on the way home from the gym or from the library or two? Like, she's just going to be like, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's just get a bucket oh, of we're, chicken. We're going to eat so many buckets of Let's chicken. Let's get green bucket we, of the, chicken. The, the Quinby house is going to be eating <laughs> buckets of chicken. Because my, my, my wife is a vegetarian. Yeah. And she just, she 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 definitely... We'll want a bucket of chicken. Yeah. Although the bucket of chicken, here's the thing. Before we take this next call. Oh, no. Now I'm, I don't want to have to fight you about this as a non-meat eater. The bucket You're of chicken. You're so picky, and you get to eat all of it, and you pick. I know. it's the, But it's like the worst option How KFC. And the sandwiches are better. Just... If you're going to fast food, you just get a sandwich. You don't want to make. I'm. I'm going to say this. You don't want to make meat the main event at a fast food restaurant. That's the only event. Oh, you mean you mean you put it between bread? Yeah. Cover it with bread and sauce and LTO. Yeah, that's how I've always felt. That makes sense. You never want to make the meat the main event. I don't know, man. KFC uh, (laughs) catered a lot of funerals and weddings in my life growing up, so I think they've really got something going for them. They they know how to make a main event. That's true. Plus, you get the you get the mix of the white and the dark meat. Oh man, the big problem is going to be when we get back to uh, whenever that cloned meat comes out. That's going to be an interesting episode of Street Fight because I might give that shit a shot. The, I'm the, vegetarian when the cloned the meat stuff comes when out. they grow the laboratory grown meat stuff like that nothing was alive they just cloned some cells and grew it into something. That day is when I become a vegetarian again. I'll just go after clone shit. Yeah, I don't. Is that, was that alive or was that just some like clone cells? Again, I I I drink Soylent every morning, and on the side of the Soylent thing, it says proudly using genetically modified stuff. You know, I don't care. Yeah. That stuff doesn't fucking bother me at all. I've yeah. been eating it all my life, and we have been eating 
in the life that we live, me and you, we've been eating genetically modified foods the entire yeah. fucking time. From the jump. Yeah. It's just, it's not going away either. Yeah. It's always going to be here, you yeah. know? So, it's, um, I mean, well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of classism, classism involved with that and eating clean and all that too. But we will take our next call and see what they have to say about any of the, the, uh, KFC problem. Basically, just what they yeah. think about vegan chicken. Yeah. Hey there. What do you think about vegan chicken? We're Street Fight. <laughs> Hello. Hey, is it me? It is. This is you. Who's this? Hey, guys. How are my number one boys? We're, we're very happy. This is Kate. Uh, garbage Kate on Twitter, yeah. right? What's up, Kate? How are you? Thank you. That that's correct. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm uh I'm actually skipping uh my the best show on television tonight to call in and talk to you guys. My baby succession on HBO, which I've got at the top say that I have a podcast about the show with my amazing friends Brendan and Gabby. Um, and you can, it's called the Roycast, and you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at underscore the fly guys and feel free to subscribe, rate and review. And I'm so sorry that I had to do that. Okay. It's, it's fine. Especially relevant. <laughs> it's really relevant because we're going to talk about my ketamine experience and ketamine plays a critical role in the show in the plot of the show. So like it's the brand, it's totally on brand. Yeah, I love it. I haven't watched. I I watched the first like four episodes. I think What's what I'm the gonna show called Succession. I think what I'm gonna do is have my wife watch it with me because it's totally the type of thing she would like. And I think like a lot of times if I sit down with another person and they like something, it rubs <laughs> off on me. That's like my yeah, tactic. Yeah, you're a peer pressure guy for sure. Oh God, more than anything. Anyone who's listening to this show knows so that. Yeah, I bullied so many people into watching this show. It's really embarrassing. Well, I've I, even, I've even, I've, I've uh, DM Brian privately. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> well, it's not. It, the <laughs> thing about it is, is like I didn't think it was particularly like a bad show. It was just at at the time I. You ever like at a time like have something hit you at a time <laughs> that is like not prime for something hitting you, and yeah. it was like oh, totally. when that when I watched that show, I don't know what I was, what else I was watching or what I was doing. I was just like, this is a bunch of fucking rich people bullshit and stopped watching it. <laughs> but like, I remember liking it every week when I watched it. So I don't know. I, I was probably in a bad mood one night and then decided not to watch it anymore. I'm, I'm going to give it another shot. But Kate, we ha I had you call in because you're doing some groundbreaking shit out there in California, right? <laughs> That's right, baby. I'm, I'm actually planning to ketamine. do this. Yeah, ketamine. <laughs> it's, you're getting ketamine yeah. treatments, right? Special care, yes. I'm doing a, um, ketamine infusion for treatment depression, um, treatment resistant depression, but it also like totally helps anxiety um, and stress and things like that, which I've been learning a lot about, and it rules. Are you... so? Yes, I mean, is this is this something through your doctor? Or is this on your own? I mean, is this experimental? Uh, me and Brian, yeah. like, we looked it up in like California. We found all these places, and then Brian looked at home, and he's like, "There's like a hundred places in fucking Ohio doing this right now, too." So it seems like it's yep. kind of under the radar at the moment. Um, every time I was in a K hole, it was in the passenger seat of like a Chevy Cavalier, so it was not like the <laughs> ideal situation. But I could imagine. Oh God, that. <laughs> 
I mean, that was what it was at the time. It was like everybody got fucked up and then woke up like hours later and like, you know, that was amazing, you know? Right. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, it, it's an alternative. So I don't, like, I'm sorry, go ahead and explain the process to me. Well, I was just going to say it, it's an alternative therapy um, for, you know, treatment resistant depression is like its main thing that it's known for but like it can help bipolar anxiety and actually also paint people with pain but um you know it sucks because it's not covered by insurance and so it's super expensive but it's like a miracle drug like no joke in terms of its results it rewires your brain um and so it's like becoming more and more popular it does rewire your brain you mean like the positive thoughts that you're having there like get your neurons to fire in like a more positive way you think okay so yeah so like okay for my own experience i'll tell you a little bit about my mood and then i can give you like maybe like the fucking dumbed down science version um without like going too much but over the i did my first session monday um and over the course of the week like tuesday i was down and it was kind of rough um and i had some issues kind of pop up which maybe we'll get to throughout the week that kind of affected my mood and, and stuff. Um, that was a side effect. Uh, but, but, but like tonight, like the last couple days and stuff, like I'm sleeping maybe literally half the amount of time I slept before, first of all. And my mood is definitely elevated. So yeah, um, it, it rewires your brain. And, you know, if you want to know a little of the science, that's fine. If not, you know, it's kind of dull, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. So the, 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 you're going to this once, how many, how often are you going to these sessions? So usually they're twice a week. That's like the most wow. effective way to go. Um, and I had an appointment scheduled for Thursday as well, but I had a negative side effect, which is, um, for people with, uh, prior bladder conditions, it can inflame it. And so I learned a great new thing about my body. <laughs> and your bladder. And that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit of a hassle with that. And we, the doctor wanted to give, like, my bladder a week to kind of calm down instead of, like, pushing for the next one. And but it's more therapeutic to do it twice a week. Okay, and how and how guided are these sessions? I mean, are they giving you like a heroic dose that literally gets you in a K hole? Um, are they like, like, are they talking to you? I mean, uh, what what's yeah, so a typical totally session like time wise as well? I mean, that sounds like, I mean, shit. The last time I did it, it was like a whole day. Oh wow, yeah. Because I mean, not recreational like recreational K is like. Yeah, I was going to say, like, doing it, like, there's also the chasing it down, there's meeting up with the right people, yeah. there's, like, all of that stuff, and it just <laughs> is, like, a very big to-do. Right, for sure, for sure. This is a whole to-do as well. I mean, I was, like, definitely, you know, I could feel, I felt weird afterwards and have lost some items uh, that day of mine, which were kind of valuable. But, um, <laughs> so, like, clinics are different. Um, my guy is in the room with you, but most clinics are not. They're watching you via video camera. Hmm. Um, is the easy, quick version. Um, and how long? How long you went? How long? I mean, like, how long are you in the chair? How long are you doing it? Yeah, so it's like a two-hour session. Again, kind of clinics can differ. 
Um, but it's a two-hour session, and, like, the first hour is just him talking and asking, like, how did you do this week, et cetera, kind of shit. And then, like, uh, then you get plugged into the IV, you know, needle, and you uh, have a 15-minute to an hour um, ketamine trip. Ooh. Which rules? This sounds incredible to me. Like to go sit and have a doc, because like that's always the thing with like tripping when when people. Uh, I guess when like when I I only have experience with like I've never done ketamine. I've done acid. I've done Molly, mm-hmm. and I've done mushrooms. And like the only time it ever gets scary is like when you're like I think I might die doing this. Yeah. And if you're you sitting look- at a doctor's office and you just turn your head and there's a doctor sitting there, you're like, all right, then, right on. There's a guy with a clipboard that just gives you a thumbs up like, no, you're fucking rocking it right now. You're like really getting therapy in real deep right now. Like I never have that feeling when I go to get go to the hospital and they put me on a propofol and I oh, love yeah. being on it. Oh, I, I never get that feeling at the I, dentist office when I'm on uh gas gas. It's always like this fucking rocks, dude. I love this. I did fentanyl when I had my, when they, when they scoped me, I did fentanyl and I woke up. I was like, Hey, I'm, I felt like I was fucking Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I know. I've always felt like, and it's interesting that, that they're doing it this way. Cause I want to talk about how you found the doctor and stuff too, but it is funny I used to think, like, wouldn't it be great if there was a recreational hospital, too, that you just went to and they administered the drug? Yeah, so we'll have, like, like we'll, a have a, we'll have a public hospital, then we'll have the actual for-profit hospital where they watch you do all your favorite drugs. Yes, absolutely, yeah. We'll have, to, no, it should be covered under Medicare for All. Okay, well, I'm fine with that, too, you know? <laughs> the yeah. recreational hospital. That's right. <laughs> but how did you find the like what was the what was the process like finding the doctor and getting sort of prescribed ketamine, you know? Cuz that seems to me yeah. that seems like the part to me that that seems I mean, daunting. As soon as I show up, I feel like they're going to say no. They're like you can get it yes. on your own. You're doing enough ketamine and acid and <laughs> cocaine on your own. You don't need us. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you guys mentioned that because that's part of my experience during the trip of like me laughing at the whole absurdity of the fucking situation. Like, I paid for this. I'm tripping. Um, <laughs> you know, that is weird. Sitting here watching me. Like, if my parents are in the other room, they might hear me laughing. It, you know, and some patients get embarrassed. He says, you know, like because they feel silly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's I've thought. It, I mean, I've thought about like dosing older members of my family that I feel like need to be awakened. But at this point, they are so entrenched in like the status quo that it probably would just be mortifying for me. And like, for me, it feels like a breakthrough. If I go back to like a childlike state and learn something about myself for them, they just feel like they were embarrassed the whole time. You know, like I I can just, I can blame it. I can blame it all on substances for them. They're like, Oh, that was the real me. And it's really bad. You know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I kind of answered half your question. I apologize. Like like I said, there's like so much to say about this. For sure. Um, finding, I'll just say quickly, finding the clinic was just Google, but I did do a consultation at a different place first. Um, and they're like a get you in and out. They're cheaper. Um, so they're like 
you know, get you in and out the fucking door. You're on video camera with other people in the room that are on ketamine. No, no, no. That oh, sounds no. like a fucking. Uh, wow. That sounds like an opium den. Yeah. To me, I it's don't a want a shooting that. gallery. Yeah, I don't want that. Laying <laughs> yeah. in like an office park, you're just laying in an office park tripping with like four other fucking. People. I'm like, oh no, don't worry about them. But once you get hooked up, you won't even notice that they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, that's true. But- but the nurses are coming in and because they have to check your vitals and stuff every once in a while. So that's like totally, your brain is like, get super confused on ketamine. So you're like, who is the, like, I can imagine it spiraling for me and being bad. Yeah. Um, so for, so we, we actually, we have a lot of listeners that aren't actually, that don't get involved with illegal substances the way, the way that we do. So I, I, what is your experience level like leading up to this? Have you done some special K before or was this your first go around? Well, no comment. <laughs> I, have done, <laughs> I have definitely done psychedelics um, throughout my life, which I think, you know, like helped prepare me to not like freak out. Yeah. Because you're comfortable with being altered. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's uh, like a, that's a, how I felt, and and it sounds to me like I I think I think people probably there are probably most of our I would say a good portion of our listeners probably have just drank and smoked weed. Those are like the two things that they've had, and I think having I'm never out. I, right, yeah, there's so much better stuff. But if if tripping is like a whole separate thing and like sometimes it can be scary to totally disassociate but honestly like for me i've cut down a lot on the weed i'm smoking because you don't dissociate and i feel like i'm half in the real world and half stoned and i'm out of control and it freaks me out a little bit so like i i've like cut way down i think i do better I think I do a lot better if I just fucking eat an eighth of shrooms. You you're know just, what I you're mean? You're just like, saying you need like a complete brain reset instead of just being like on a like a half in, half out. Right. It, I need to just a hundred percent break from reality. I need to be gone out of this world because then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm on drugs. That's why I feel this way. Yeah. But when I'm when I get stoned, a lot of times I just sit around and get fucking nervous. You know, like I I just sit around. Yeah. I get scared because I'm half in and half out. You never know what's gonna fucking happen. You, and it makes me think of all the bad things that could happen. Like while I'm that's not good. sitting yep. there. Yeah, that's why I've cut it. The only down. thing I worry about is that like <laughs> if my daughter gets hurt or if I get hurt, they're gonna blame it on fucking drugs. And I've spent my entire life being really good at drugs and taking care of everything else. And I feel like the paper's <laughs> just going to say Brett Payne was a bad father because he was on drugs. Yeah, that's that's probably Aww. they probably wouldn't know. But yeah, uh, so oh, was is the doctor's? Time. So when you went to the doctor's office, can I ask? Like, I don't know how to ask this without sounding like a, a dickhead or anything. But is it is it scuzzy or anything? Does it feel? Does it feel shady when when you go to when you go to get these done? Were they trying to sell you like illegal canisters of nitrous from a dentist's office when you left? It's precisely the opposite. Both are located. Both clinics I've been to are located on the beach in different areas of Southern California. <laughs> nice, nice. Literally all across from the beach, and it's like decked out in like fancy furniture and art <laughs> and shit like that. I guess. To like counteract maybe what some people would anticipate and like, you know, stigmatize. Yeah. But like, no, it's super nice and fancy. Yeah. That's well, that's great because like the thing with the thing about it is like, 
I think I, I get nervous thinking of walking in. Like when I pictured it, when you started telling me that you were doing it, <laughs> I'll tell you what I pictured. You go to an office park somewhere in an industrial part of town but where like there's also warehouses and just offices and you walk into like what is just an office it could have been a real estate office it could have been any other kind of office in the world you walk in there people that like money and there's cubicles lined up and then you just go sit in a cubicle and and like a guy walks in and gives you ketamine and then like walks out like i was i get real worried about i don't know like because it, it is one of those when you have to start thinking about doctors, right? And it's like the doctor that would get in early on ketamine. It's like, is he a what doctor that has to be a, a drug dealer? Is, is he the doctor that has a passion for helping people? Or is he a doctor that just is uh, like, well, I can make a bunch of money selling drugs here. <laughs> this guy is like, like such a believer in ketamine. Like you can feel it. Like it, it like emits. Like you feel the, you get the passion from him, man. He is like so into it. He's seen so much success, like um, of his patients, like 84% uh, have benefit of 50% or less. And literally 40%, which is higher than standard, 40% have complete remission of all symptoms, like totally. That's which is again so unheard of. So what, I mean, what has your experience been like? I mean, you're mostly in your head, right? You're stuck in a chair and you're just in your head and you're gone. And then you keep remind you keep like, you keep living the same, like two minutes over and over again is, is, is that's what my experience was like. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, so he like puts on this nature video that you watch the entire time. Um, which weird I thought was super corny I, right why doesn't he yeah. put on a fucking why can't he let you pick what you're gonna want yeah you should get to pick yeah, I, I wanted music like i wanted to choose like philip class or some like you know classical music yeah. that i really like or whatever but um some dead man you know, so i was kind of i was like yeah but it was amazing the video <laughs> yeah experience like emotionally in a positive like insanely you know positive experience like my opinion has shifted for sure dude every fucking um, psychonaut i know has the planet earth blu-ray on fuck yeah. like on <laughs> demand all the time they have it loaded up into a blu-ray disc changer i mean i like watching what i like though you know when I'm tripping, like, yeah. sure, but I I'm like just, to watch. That makes sense. You know but, what I but for a lot of us, though, like simply looking at like trees or like animals, you're like, oh shit's perfect, man. This is all a miracle, really. The last time <laughs> I, yeah, the last time I tripped super heavy, I watched WrestleMania five. <laughs> like, I'm so into it. I love man, it. That doesn't hey. convince you about the goodness. Of uh, well, yeah, but it convinces you. Yeah, it does. I mean, people are good, you know, inherently. <laughs> but yeah, and and like, uh, so I guess. The, before before we would before we go, I want to ask you a little bit about uh uh, are you feeling better? Like what 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 is your mood like since this has happened? Because I I am I am watching you very closely. Yeah, this like you know what this reminds <laughs> me of. This, this is CIA. What, what? Well, yeah. What this reminds, but this really reminds me of Amber um, from the early days of Twitter. Uh, Amber was the first person I ever saw transition. Oh, and like I watched that happen, and oh. it and it changed all of my opinions on like trans issues. It's not that I was like a super hateful person, but I was also a, like I don't get what the 
big deal. You know what I mean? Like I was not like the best ally. And then after that, it changed me into thinking that way. And like, kind of like right now, I'm a really, I'm really struggling with my mental health. I'm, you know, constantly anxious and constantly depressed and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. And like, I'm watching you to see what your experience is with your depression and your anxiety. Cause I, I talked to you uh, and we're in a couple chats and I know you're an, you're pretty anxious and, and you can be depressed. Like, so, uh, <laughs> so like, what, what is that? Like, is it helping? What, what does it feel like? Yeah. So like, the whole thing is your the magic number is six infusions to where you really get the full benefit. Um, so like I'm at the preliminary end of this. And like I said, you know, with some of the health issues I discovered, it was kind of stressful. Um, but you know, my mood was definitely lifted. I'm sleeping less. And like what I've learned that happened is like literally these, synapses in the middle of your brain these neurons called dendrites are destroyed by stress and anxiety and there's no way for them to grow back with anything like literally no antidepressant or whatever um but when you do ketamine it stimulates its growth and its connectivity its synapses i mean it's it like literally rewires your brain so like i'm solved yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna send my. I'm gonna take my daughter to school. I'm gonna get in a K hole and then go pick her up and be a better person <laughs> afterwards. I mean, here's our issue, Brett. <laughs> the only place that does it in Columbus is Ohio State University, uh, and there ain't no fucking way they're letting us uh, do it. Yeah. And uh, the other place is in Toledo, which is three hours away. So I, you'd have to drive three hours twice I've a week. Driven that much for drugs? Okay. Uh, hey, if yeah. you want to go, I'll go with you. Me and you will. No, I don't go. need it. I don't need it. But I, I would like to try it. And and are you going to call us back, Kate, and let us know how it's yeah, going as sure. you go through this? Sweet, because we're going to sure. be around. Uh, we're going to be around for yeah, number totally, six. Yeah. We're going to be in Texas. We don't leave for Texas until number six is done. So we got to hear how how you progress. Yeah, we're going to do an ABCD show oh, yeah. too. So so well, the, thanks for calling in. Thanks, Kate. Absolutely. We love you. Thank you guys so much. Thank man, you for if calling. I get, like, a it's doctor, good to talk to you again. If a doctor could like watch me do cocaine and just be like, wow, man, you're like doing so good. Like I can't even tell that you're fucked up right now. That's like, what it's I've so been neat saying. that like this is amazing. Like you're just killing it right now. Like I'm so engaged in this conversation we're having. I've been saying that about um what nitrous too. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like if they just opened up a place. That looked exactly like a dentist office that you walk in, but it doesn't have any of the dentistry stuff. It just has the nitrous. Just nitrous. What a fucking fantastic place that would be to hang out. Like, yeah, go. Like, I mean, they, they, it's like those uh, those places where they give you the IVs, right? Like, yes, the, those next day IVs now that you can go sign up to get. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place Recreation- in my town that does that. Yeah. Recreational doctor. Yeah. Recreational, Recreational doctor. That's hospital. a slogan we need to introduce into the lexicon. Yeah. This is no, 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 no. I have my regular doctor. They're covered with, you know, all of that. I have my recreational doctor that helps me figure out how to fine tune this machine. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, I am seriously considering the ketamine treatment because of, like, where my brain is right now. Like, and also because the antidepressant I'm on causes diarrhea. Yeah. I mean, that'll do it. Every day I got a diarrhea shit. A big, giant, wet diarrhea shit every single day. But I I get a different doctor, dude. You gotta stop believing in that fucking lady. She sucks. She's a fucking. She is just a puritan. Yeah, a like bit. you. You wouldn't. You would not believe her opinion about anything else. You're probably right. I mean, I get. I. 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 
I think like I don't know, man. I'm giving it another month and a half. I don't like her. I nobody does. Like my <laughs> wife. Hates I know. It too. I know several people that go to her, and I'm just like, she seems too buttoned up for our crowd. Like she doesn't seem like she's with it. You know. Well, at first, I think I thought that was great because it was like soon after I got out of rehab. Sure. And it was like, it was like I need somebody outside that's perspective of a straight and, person, right? Right. I need somebody that's not going to just give me pills anytime I ask for them because I'm going to ask for them all the fucking time. But now it's like no pills. It's like, uh, you know, I I, I kind of told her like I I, I kind of told her the last time like I am cutting down all my recreational drug use, and like I would just I really want something that just makes me sleep, and that's it. And she gave me a refill of the uh, antihistamine she gave me to sleep, and it's like I mean Xanax. Antihistamine. I'm fucking saying Xanax to you. I want yeah. you to give me Xanax. That was back in the day. Yeah, nobody gives it. I can't get it. I mean, I, I know could some. Go get I know somebody that had it for. Yeah, you have to find a different doctor. Yeah, I have to go to. I I, I did uh, just for the listeners that have been following me on this. I did contact a um, a uh, place that could get me in within a week. That I called them and I said I need a psychiatrist. I need to see somebody. And they said, well, just to let you know, we don't we don't like really do talk therapy here. We do medication management but we would be able to get you in within a week. So I have had that in my back pocket of like, maybe I'll just have a psych doctor deal with my psych drugs and then figure out a place to go and do talk therapy and then yeah. let her deal with like, you know, my blood pressure and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that makes perfect sense. Because it's just like, it's it's just this like never ending thing where you're just I mean, like. I mean, they're both hand in hand. I mean, the, the things in life get out of control and you do need to use substances at some point if things become your symptoms get too far along but you also you can't rely on that as like your solution i feel mm -hmm. that talk therapy is the stuff that fills out and solves the problems that lead towards the need for substances you know and yeah. it, but at the same time i mean you're a biological organism organism that's been around for a few decades now and you've kind of rewired your brain to a certain degree so you know there are people that just need to have psych drugs and that's what's going to be their solution oh, yeah. and, you know? and i kind of talked to her about like nothing wrong with it no i don't think so i i i kind of talked to her about like uh it's just that we have so many guys that listen to the show and i really want them to go get help and i know they're not going to because i didn't do it when i was their age yeah and i don't know what it would take to co fucking convince them to go try something else besides being an asshole in your apartment by yourself man i saw that guy last <laughs> week that wrote an editorial about his his uh medication his uh, antidepressants saying he was addicted to them as drugs and people got very mad at it. And like, uh, I kind of was like, I feel that way sometimes too, but like, uh, I also don't think that's a negative and I don't think it's a bad thing that I take yeah. them, but sometimes I do feel like I can't come off these if I want to, like it would be very hard, but it also has improved my life. Like that I, if I did try to live without them now, like, I don't know what life is like without them at sure. this point. And it seems scary to me because, like, my anxiety is already super high when I'm on them. And, like, I do hate I, – I, I just uh, – but I don't want to I – don't, I don't know why I just have in my mind that there's going to be a day where I don't take them anymore. But that – I yeah. don't think there needs to be. It does – yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about that as being the solution. I would say if you try to fix the issue of having to take and why you have to take them, eventually it could lead down that path. But, I mean – yeah. And I, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to figure myself out. You know, I found that if I sleep eight hours or if I sleep just through the night, if I don't get up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm it's, good. I've been a lot better if I sleep eight hours straight instead of four hours than four hours like I had been. Uh-huh. And uh, and also there was a period of time there where I was making myself wake up early. Yeah. Because I felt bad because I was sleeping until like one or two and people were like, Brian's lazy. He doesn't do anything. All he does is sleep till like one or two. So I was making myself get up at like 10, 30, 11, which was then giving me like six hours of sleep because I wasn't going to bed till like four o'clock in the morning. And I just have found now that like I can't be concerned with what other people think about my sleep schedule. My sleep schedule yep. has to be mine and it has to be consistent and it has to be all the pop psychology right now is just is all about how sleep is important i know well it's weird dude because if i take a night and not get sleep right like if if i went home tonight and stayed up until five in the morning and then got up at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning i would have a panic attack all day i would essentially have a 24-hour panic attack, yeah. and that's what it has felt like but now like, I know if I go to bed and I wake up eight hours later, then my anxiety is manageable, which is as good as yeah. it can get. It's a great point because it's not a thing that I can make go away. Yeah. It just doesn't go away. Except well, you just have to level up. I mean, you have to learn minute, how to manage it better. One minute, about five minutes after I take a Xanax is the only time I feel like for real. The only time I feel relief inside where I don't feel like I'm shaking or something, but I only take Xanax like maybe every four weeks or something like that but i do usually get one or two nights where like it's like i got to i really got to feel relief it's incredible like i and ketamine seems like something that i don't know man like it seems like maybe it's something that might give me relief well yeah i mean it's one of those things once you if you eat an eighth of mushrooms all at once not like over the whole night like all at one time um, you get that ego death, you get that kind of experience that flips everything inside out. And, uh, that does last for a while. I mean, it does, um, those impactful psychedelic experiences will change your everyday life, yep. you know, for the better. So let's see who's on the line. We have somebody that's been here for a minute. They called in like an hour ago, but thank you for listening to street fight and our bullshit. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, uh, this is Eliza. I'm calling you from Allendale, Michigan. Hi, Eliza. How are you? What's going on in Michigan tonight? I got back here, actually. I, um, I'm in a long-distance relationship, and I just got back from visiting my boyfriend. Oh, was it good? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. right on. Yeah, it was good. Long-distance relationships? How, how the, long? Like, drive or fly? Uh, three hours. Three-hour okay. drive? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. That's doable. We're not going to go Tom Likas on you. I think a long distance relationship is beautiful. And it worked with my wife for when I, I was leaving town every week for like two or three months there when we first got together. We were only together for like less than a year. And like, it was perfect. Like it was, it was, a it was, yeah. it was like, uh, you know, we appreciated our time together and didn't get to see each other. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can drive to the fucking person and like snatch them out of their bed and be like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, that's good enough. Yeah, I guess snatch right. them right out of their bed. Get right in their face. Scream at them. So what's going on tonight? Yeah. Um, I'm just hanging out. I'm drinking. Um, you guys are talking about uh, what you like to watch when you're sitting. And uh, the first time I tripped, I was with my best friend and uh, I put on the Do For Love music video. Like right as we started coming up, and it was like the perfect send off. <laughs> <laughs> what the yeah. what what video? Now Brett's like, I got to do for love, uh, the Tupac song. Oh, oh hell yeah! See, multimedia, 
there's like animation and claymation in it. It's super fun. I have not seen this. It's weird. You get like a, when you do acid yeah. with people, especially like maybe square people and even people that are psychonauts, like they have mm -hmm. like this very specific thing that you have to do and it's a specific like right. type of music or it's a specific type of video disco biscuits or fucking fish <laughs> well not even right. just that there's also like electronic industrial stuff and there's like certain types of videos or like if somebody's tripping they'll be like what movie should i watch and everybody names the same three movies you know and it's right. like uh my advice is always like no watch like the thing you like the absolute most that if you're gonna right. trip and watch a movie, trip and watch something. I've watched John Wick, you know, or John Wick Three or something, or The Raid Redemption, okay. because I want to watch motherfuckers fight, and like that's that's what <laughs> I want to see. But like I understand people yeah. who want to watch. Um, God, I can't think of the movie. In the Mouth of Madness is what we used to watch growing up. I watched Holy Mountain in Chicago. Yeah, when I was getting ready for the wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's classic. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I always um, I always say do what you like. And like like I, I said, know, man, nobody I, would ever tell her to listen to Tupac when she was tripping, right? Like they well, that said, don't no, the video is good though. The video is actually really good. I'm but looking they, at they would say that it's too aggressive to listen to when you're tripping. When the last time I super <laughs> heavy I heavy tripped, I listened to Ty Siegel, you know, which is loud <laughs> guitar music, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, if you guys, I'm really into film. Um, a good movie that's super trippy to watch, it's Japanese, it's called Mind Game. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, I am convinced that the plot and structure of the movie is influenced by tripping because it has like these ebbs and flows to it where it's like really chaotic and high energy, but then it'll be like really chill and slow. It's a super weird movie. It's very good, very good. It's animated. That's, well, I'm definitely into that. That's yeah, my Brett, jam. Brett just my added I just was put it on my uh, library list here. Actually, like as so soon like as paprika, you said it, like watching Paprika when you're fucking tripping is crazy, dude. What's what is that? It's all yeah. about dreams. Like they, they, they. It's it's essentially about the dream world, and they have this like state that they can put people in, and from there it just run. You can run with it, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got a trip soon. I don't want to tell you what it's about. Okay. I think I'm going to trip uh, soon. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch a movie when I do it. I want to trip during the fall when it's uh Yeah, you have to make sure you warm can go out, outside. You yeah. know, maybe go. Okay. Me and my wife are talking about going and staying out in the woods for a few days again this year. So maybe we'll do that. Me and Brian. Yeah. That when you put on that wrestling that one time when we tripped, it was sucked. We had to switch it off. For and then fucking we, you, it did. And then when we went out, like we opened the door and it just outside was like a blizzard. Everything was dead and it covered in snow and it felt like we were stuck inside with this horrible wrestling. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. The wrestling on that time wasn't great. I thought you were talking about in the, in the uh, summer when we did it. I no, turned no, it on no. late at night and no. we were all having a good time. But no, yeah, no. yeah, I know. Hey, you know. Then Brian disappeared for like yeah. 45 minutes and was like, I was looking at myself in the <laughs> mirror. And I was like, okay. It happens, dude. I told to never, never look at myself in the mirror. No, that's but my favorite. I, was, I quite enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's weird. the best part. I mean, really, it's that, that's just like, this is me. This is the person that's having all these thoughts. This is what I look like. You right. just have to break that fucking barrier. Oh, yeah. Looking at yourself during ego death is, like, really healthy, I think. Yeah. yeah. In Paprika, man, like, the scientists enter the fucking dreams and shit. 
It's like, I really, I got like Ghost in the Shell, something that like really fucks me up. I really like this mind game suggestion. Yeah. I'm totally into it. It looks Check really it good. It's so good. It's super trippy. It's it, the animation. It's considered one of the best animated films of all time by by some people. Oh it's wow! Very good. It's well, multimedia too. They do some interesting stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, oh. now at this point, like I like we went last time I tripped was like a few weeks ago. And we went to a wrestling show. Like I haven't stayed inside. <laughs> like now I can go and do whatever I want. I have no inhibition really at all because. I don't have to worry about swiping my card or anything anymore. So it, for me, right. it's it's a matter of like fitting along with polite society for there's these very brief moments where I can find like a Bolt House Farms juice to drink really quickly or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mostly call them because I have this weird um, tendency where I will apply to jobs that are shitty just for being able to tell a story about it, if you know what I mean. No, sure. that is a, I've You're thought, a stand-up comedian, maybe. I've considered thinking, I've considered, like, doing hidden camera job interviews. I, I totally right? get Yeah, I mean, if we could, if we could yeah. make it, if we could make it easy, it would be fun to go and kind of document all this stuff. Totally, totally. And I've, you know, so because of that, I've worked a lot of shitty jobs. Yeah, what like what's uh, some tops? What's, what's some the top, top shittiest job? job? What's, what's the, the shittiest job? What job do you regret your behavior of applying for? Sh well, shitty each, jobs? I, I'll tell you what. So you don't have to just be the only one. We'll each say our number one shittiest job we've ever had in our entire life. Okay, okay. I'm gonna start. Uh, McDonald's is right. the worst job I ever had in my life. Brett, what's the worst job you ever had in your life? The worst for me was building bikes on contract because you got paid like three dollars for a kid's bike five dollars for an adult bike and then like ten dollars for an advanced bike and i was driving all around texas and they might have a couple hundred bikes for you to build but you were building them amongst a crew and at the end of the day i had driven like 45 minutes both ways to get to a walmart and i built enough bikes to make like eleven dollars an hour and then they were also constantly yeah. harassing me to go on the road. They were like, hey, in Garland, we got to come up, man. We're going to all rent a hotel, and you can come and build bikes all day long. Make as much as you want. Write your own paycheck. And I'm like, I, don't, I want out of this so bad. Like, I do not want to be a part of this. Building bikes was the worst job for me. So what was your worst job? Oh, uh, being a maid, for sure. Oh, that's a rough one. My, my sister-in-law, she still has tendencies, too. Where sometimes when like my wife is complaining about the house, she'll just like volunteer to work, and then she's like, "Oh wait, I don't want to do okay. that." <laughs> right. That's how I am. Too. Like I, my, I am so much cleaner than I used to be. What was being a maid? I, I what was, was it? Like I'm sorry. What was it about? What was it about the uh, maid stuff that made it particularly bad? Oh, just the condition of people's houses. They were disgusting. I agree. Hey, that's wild. Because, like, I would clean toilets that had like cigarette butts and like ashes all over them, and like, <laughs> oh my oh, god, it was like, I'm like, I feel disrespect. I feel like a slave. Like, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, that is a different. You know, there's a difference of perception when it comes to maid stuff because me and my wife have talked about it, and like, I told her like. Everybody should re be responsible for their own waste and trash and all this stuff, and I was against it. But yeah. as I started yeah. working more and as we had less time, it was like, well, maybe we could have somebody come in here like once a month 
and pay them a hundred dollars and they could do all of like the fine detail work. But right, yeah. before we ever talked about hiring a maid, the first thing we agreed upon is how much house cleaning we were going to do before we allowed somebody into our house. Right. And, and I knew like amongst, amongst my friends and family, I know that all of us are very concerned about calling someone into the house and having it be like a wreck. But then you have to realize that there are folks that are like, oh, I haven't cleaned this place in three years. I should just hire a maid to clean it instead. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like, we we never got tips. We got tips two times. Oh my, oh my god. god, that's awful. <clears throat> I believe it though because they probably feel like they probably. I I mean, just getting in the head of the person, they're horrible, but they probably felt like, well, we're already paying it, so yeah. the maid gets the money. But it's like everybody fucking yeah. knows that the maid doesn't get all the fucking money, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's I, weird because I, you you hold a position as like this really low person on the totem pole but then also somebody that's not worthy of like praise or extra money right yeah no i mean it was like kind of an ideal situation as far as payment went just because i was with my best friend so i wasn't like alone and i was like close with her and also uh it was like under the table so we got paid in cash oh. like at the end of the day Ooh, so we that's just good. got like a wad of cash Ooh, which i love was, like, that super nice but Oof. kind of made up for that yeah man but, those like, tax returns look good too they're like i didn't make a fucking oh, cent yeah. this year <laughs> literally literally like it was so nice um but yeah i remember we were cleaning this one dude's house and he was like we were chatting with him because we did so much adderall when we were made <laughs> so much adderall. makes sense so like yeah, no, I mean, I could not get through the day cleaning, like, four houses a day without a obscene amount of Adderall. It makes my house work easier, for sure. Right, but we were, like, chatting this dude up so hard, and he was like, is it rude to ask how much you get tips? And we were like, we don't. And he was like, what? That's so fucked up, and gave us each 50 bucks. It was super nice. <laughs> I had I had that same thing happen once at Chuck E. Cheese. When I was, like, throwing parties. The late, this woman was like, what, do you, what is, like, the tips usually for one of these birthday parties? I was like, we never get tips for these. She gave me 25 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Which is, that's a good tip. I mean, it was 15%, 25% right. or anything, but it was like, we don't get any usually. Yeah. And we got 25 like, oh, bucks. like, fuck, I got to make up for everybody else now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is... It is like the the it's the weirdest thing because like there are jobs that you should know like running a birthday party for a child or cleaning your house. It seems like perfectly <laughs> like it seems like the type of thing that you should give a tip for. You know, it seems to me in my mind. So can I ask you this? Because uh, <laughs> I also had a job where I had to go into other people's houses. Like uh, what was <laughs> what was like the worst thing you ever saw? <laughs> That's really hard because it's a lot of fucked up shit. I have to say, cigarette in the butts in the toilet is like a real fave of mine that no one wouldn't even fucking flush them. Oh, I used to do it too. Uh, I used to do that. Yeah, no, so it was that guy's house. We we went to his house uh, several times and he also had rentals in the basement. So we had to clean out rental properties as well um, on top of his regular house. And he was like a bachelor and he'd throw big parties so there'd just be alcohol like everywhere like empty bottles all over the place um and he never tipped he was like he was he was nice because he wouldn't like be a total vulture and stare over our shoulders the whole time like some people would but uh this one time i was trying to there was an upside down mug on his counter and i'm trying to pick it up and i 
can't. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I have to like leverage my body to pull this shit off of the counter and like liquid spills out of it. And like the smell just like hits me in the fucking face. Oh. It was horrible. It was disgusting. Oh no. Oh, that fucking guy. I saw a guy one time eating a Skyline five way or is it three way? I don't know. I hate Skyline. You can so. pick. You can get three. You can get a three way. You can get a four way. You can get a five way. Guy just standing in his living room talking to me with a fucking Skyline five way in his hand. And the chili is like literally falling off the, the fork and <laughs> out, out of the bowl onto the floor of the apartment. And he's just walking away. And then like when I lean down to reboot his modem. I got up and my knee was wet. And good chili no. knee. It wasn't chili. Their knee the was whole five floor way. was wet. <laughs> like everything was wet. Their dishes went from I mean, their three sink all the way out to their front door. Like they piled their dishes up and they just kept piling them until it got all the way out to the Throw front Throw them door. away. I know. Just I, go to the thrift store and buy new dishes and buy paper plates. But the most disturbing oh, thing. Oh, that's so fucking frustrating. I when I was in people's house, I just want to lecture them instead. <laughs> what, the, the weirdest no, thing. you noticed. I'm sorry. What, yes. I'll say the weirdest thing that people did, and, and this was a lot of people. This wasn't like a rare thing. A lot of people did this, and I was in their basements because a lot of your cable stuff's in your basement. Is they just let their dog just shit in the basement and yeah. just leave it there, and it'll just be complete basement floor with just all oh. shit all over Dude, it. Dude, there was a guy that I used to hang out with that would wait till they dried and just throw them out on the back porch. Yeah, you know, like, it's you would just pick them up and toss them. Oh, just so much. I can't imagine like just being like, go ahead and you know just. Just shit down there. It'll just you wouldn't do that with your own shit. No. You know? No. No. I hate that. <laughs> Such a weird thing. I also got in a crawl space one time. I'm like crawling through a crawl space and I look to the side of me and there's a dead cat just in the crawl space, like decomposing. Oh. And I'm like, you live in, you didn't notice the cat was fucking gone. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, didn't you have that? <laughs> you were feeding it, right? How did that cat get in the fucking house, man? They probably thought it ran away or something. Oh my God. Pro but it would smell. That's the fucking thing. It's like, right. People keep their house wild man and that the, the, mm -hmm. it's funny because you would go into like people's houses that were really clean and they would be the ones apologizing like those sorry there's dust no those are the craziest people because like if they're like their trash is taken out like their house is spotless and they hire a fucking maid they're crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah because yeah, that that sucks because they put you in the position of like you have to find something to do like, I'm the best cleaner right. that there ever was. You better find something to fucking oh clean. God. You better double check my work and find something good. Or otherwise, you're not worth my time. Oh, God. What do you a, do? That's a terrible challenge to walk into a spotless, to walk into a spotless house as a fucking maid and have someone just stand there with their arms crossed and say, find something to clean. Mm -hmm. What What did you do yeah. in those no, situations? Those are the people that would call our boss and like complain. <laughs> like, eighteen year olds that like you know don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know. And, they like, didn't complain about. They didn't clean a goddamn thing. It was all clean before they got here. They they're just running off of my good cleaning. Wow, that's really that sucks. That is, I mean, I, that I makes total. Say. I never really thought of that circumstance, but once you said it, it makes complete oh, sense. What's the strategy, though, in that situation? I, I got to know what the strategy is for you when you get there. The house is spotless, but they want you to clean. You just have to keep an eye on everything. Like, 
when you when when you become a maid, you notice so many more yes. things that are dirty that you never thought about. You know, like, you, the, like, uh, the shortfall, the the fronts of kitchen cabinets, right? You don't yep. think about oh, smooth, it smooth. Until you become a maid, yeah. And I'll be in other people's houses, and I'm like, oh my god, like their cabinets are so dirty. Oh, and you I'm should like, see mine. I I wish, right, right. Um, one of the most fucked up things uh was we went to this house that we went to multiple times and. One time we went there because of this. It was so fucked up. We we arrived there. We didn't know we were going to this house, and we got there, and we were like, "Fuck, we gotta snort some Adderall like right now," because <laughs> it was like so fucked up. Um, but she decided that she wanted her garage cleaned, and people will always like try and add extra shit on that is like not a part of general cleaning. Yep. Which is just disrespectful. And um, she decided she wanted her garage clean, so we had to check it with our boss and be like, we're going to be here for another, like, two hours now to clean this bitch's garage. And it, it's literally, like, top to bottom full of children's toys. Like, full. And, oh, no. But the kids weren't there? Like, okay. No, the kids were there. <sighs> the kids were there. And she's like, all right, you have to throw away all of this shit and organize all of this shit. So we're, like, throwing away these kids' toys, like, 10 trash bags. Oh my god. Full garbage bags full of toys as the kids are like watching us and crying. Oh no. Oh my god. Like, you should. Yeah, that's good. I would do that. I would like to see kids cry as I throw their toys away, but that's a premium service. That is not like a regular cleaning service. That is me doing the parenting the parenting that you refuse to fucking do. Right, you're going to end up hiring her. Yeah, like you refuse to go to your kid and say, you have too fucking much. We're going to give it to somebody else right now. Like you're making a maid do that for you. What the f- that's, that's, that's very audacious. That's crazy. Oh, it was horrible. I want that job though. I want to throw kids' toys oh, yeah. away. Brett would do it. Brett would be great at like just throwing motherfuckers' toys away for sure. Like he, I'm here for it. yeah. Brett, well, I mean, would, the, Brett would love it. It is. I mean, it is really though. Like with those type of folks, is I mean, it, it's it's hard to do this show coming from like the struggling perspective, like personally, but also kind of bridging the gap with like people that are of means or have money and things. Cause you realize how many ways they like fuck themselves over, like how they ruin their own like privilege into these ways well, yeah. where they could just be an active parent that says like, Hey, these toys got to go. We're going to donate them to someone that needs them more. Instead, they've like created this system where they're just hiring people to do their fucking dirty work instead. You know, like yeah. they've missed out on the growth. Like I've sat down with my daughter several times and said, hey, have you noticed the house is really messy? That's because you have a whole bunch of toys. Well, we have to give those to people. And like she has understood the concept. But it was very, it was right. not fun to sit down and tell that to her. No, like, I, I didn't want to tell a six year old right. that people are not having a good time at life. You're having like an absolute fucking ball, you know, but yeah. like other people aren't. Mine didn't like to throw stuff, yeah. but we were always trying to get her to throw shit away and she just would save everything. It was yeah. such a pain in the ass. Well, right. thank you. Thank you for calling well, in. Also, oh, go ahead. Because yeah, we're about to take no, a break. I no, it's good. I was going to say, it's also good, too, just to make kids aware of what they have. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that, even though it is a difficult discussion to have. I work with kids a lot, and it's, you know, important to, like, you know, I, treat children like adults to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Talk to them like they're real fucking people. Well, I mean, that's all I can do at this point, too, really. Right. I mean, yeah. like, 
I'm not go- I'm like I'm not going to make her live on less. I'm not going to make her suffer just because that was my life. Right. You know, I'm not going to make her right. eat fucking, you know, rotten sandwiches or something. But at the same time, like I can make sure that her Pollyanna existence is not as like bright and cheery as the people that don't ever get told that someone else is not doing as well, you know. And and yeah. she's she's yeah. doing fine. She's doing just fine. She's appreciative of what she has. And so, um I mean broaching that topic is necessary hiring somebody else to do it for you is like just bullshit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree well thank you for having me on that was Um, fun i want to give a shout out to my boyfriend because he was the one that showed me this your guys' podcast and i love it oh fuck um, boyfriends oh i love your boyfriend (laughs) and uh (laughs) thank you thank you so much for calling of course have a good night you guys all right, we're gonna play some tunes. Yes, we're gonna play Terrence Peterson. Yes, this is a departure. So this bold person sent me their like classical music. Like this is some chamber orchestra type string instrument shit. The, okay, right on, man. Let's which I like. I mean, it's a good switch up, and I'm glad that they did. And I know a lot of folks here are into all kinds of music, myself included. I do like this. Uh, I'm into I, like three kinds of music. Sure, you know. Hey, yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys that's like. I like three kinds of music. Yeah. I like rap, country, and metal. Yeah. Yeah. By and the way, you know, while we're while we're getting this all together, uh, I have a new podcast called the POD Cast, P-O-D-K-A-S-T, where we're talking a different new metal album every week. I know a lot of you have already listened to it and liked it, but uh it's getting good reviews. So listen to it. Rate and review it on iTunes. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. It's everywhere. Okay. Uh, All right, here we go. So if you want to hear Brian talk about new metal, you can look it up. You want to hear it, too. This is uh, Taron Peterson with his rainbow. Well, not rainbow.
And we're back. Thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. This is the call-in show. That number to dial is not one you should dial right now, but in the future, Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time, 614-655-3887 is the number to dial. We've got like six people in the queue right now. We're going to get to all of them. So just hang tight. If you're 314 out there, um, we'll get to you eventually. I want to say this, too. I'm going to pull the trigger on this now because uh, if we don't, it it ain't going to happen. The return of the ABCD show will be Sunday, September 29th. We will be here, and uh, we would like to talk to anybody but cis dudes that week. So if you're a cis dude and you call, we will uh, probably politely tell you that we're just going to hang up but uh yeah abcd show the 29th so two weeks from now yeah let's put on the calendar it's on it it's there anybody but sis dudes sunday september 29th let's see who this next call is thank you for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight is it me it is you hey uh you can call me a doc What's up, Doc? Because uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a resident uh, in family medicine. Okay, what's up, Doc? How's it going? Oh man, I've I've been trying to get on. I'm on call, so I might get called like very like I'd have to get off real fast. That's, That's fine. Okay, so uh, right. what's going on tonight? Um, well, calls been good. Uh, just haven't been doing too much work, like one delivery. Oh, oh, making babies, I hear. I, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone made babies. Well, you make them too, you know. I, <laughs> the, the baby isn't a baby until you pull it out, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's... fair enough. I, I, I believe that. I tend to. That's, that's why. I'm more anonymous. That's a, that's a few <laughs> that people don't know. Yeah. Don't always. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, that's true. That's a controversial <laughs> view, I guess. So, uh, what's up, man? What, what, uh, I, what's going on? I was just calling just because I had heard, uh, like resident, resident wife, the guy's the surgeon. Yep, doctor wife. Husband, that grocer. Yeah, doctor wife. Yeah, and uh, he was talking about you know like the hard work, and I wanted to talk. Maybe you guys already know about this, but. There's this whole way that they discuss it, which is pretty funny and pretty messed up. Um, they talk about burnout. Yeah, yeah, y'all heard about this? And like, in, among doctors who are training. I mean, uh, I know burnout for sure. The concept of like going too hard until you get you're out of yeah. all of your energy, but I don't know how it exactly relate. I mean, I can understand how it relate, but I don't know how it's yeah, a, it's yeah. applied in the field. So. A little bit of context, like a bunch of residents are committed suicide. Like it's a real big problem. Like it's very, very stressful. They have lots of hours. They, they just make them do too much work with like not enough time to do it. And they make a lot of mistakes. And, and at one point it was one of the careers where like, at least in that part of training, like most, like a lot of people were, were killing themselves. There's all this research about it. And uh, they, their, their solution to that was like, well, y'all are y'all are burning out. Yeah, like not like it's a, you have to change the words or anything like that. No, <laughs> like, it's a failing on so your they, part. Right, right, right. And so there's this whole thing where it's like, well, I get I get these lectures like at least uh, once a month. I want to say as part of my curriculum that are like, well, you you got to get sleep. 
And Ian, you gotta you gotta do yoga, man. Uh, that way you can do this crushing amount of, of work. <laughs> Folks, we're not just here to get jobs as doctors. We're also trying to learn about mindfulness practices, you know, so that we can manage well, a ninety hour a week work schedule. I I I appreciate the value of that, but it's kinda like I know what I need to do to to like make myself happy, right? Like I they don't need to like the, the 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 part that makes messes us up is like, well, you, you gave me twenty patients, and I, I get I see I get fifteen minutes each one. And some of them are in crisis, and some of them are super sick. Like that that's the issue. I mean, I can I know how to sleep. I know how to. <laughs> yeah, but you know, for whatever person that went to school that is trying to figure out how to make this a fun thing for y'all, like they don't want to address that kind of stuff because it would cost too much money. Yeah, of course. Well, that's the thing. You know, we're we're pretty cheap labor. Um, you know, they bill our hours like similar to like a real real doctor, but you know, they don't pay us very much. Yeah. Uh, um, so how did yeah, I mean? I, I was just thinking. It was, so are you like you're just in, like, you're just in a health like are you are you in a, are you are you an actual doctor or are you just a part of the yeah, staff that gets it done? So I'm, I, no, no, no. I'm I'm one of the so I'm a chain. Like okay, I, my. I graduated school. Uh, uh, I actually got my license this year, but I still have like more, one more year of training to to be like what they say boarded, like, mm-hmm. like in the specialty that I that I that I chose to do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a real I'm a real live doctor. Sure, sure. So yeah, I mean sometimes they get away with just hiring like anybody they can get for ten dollars an hour. But at this point, they're like, well, well yeah, you've you, you spent all your time working towards this. Like, you should just accept that this is what you've wanted the whole time, which is, you know, working every moment you're awake. Right. Yeah. Well, and they, and basically, I think the paradigm is like, well, it's definitely your fault that people at doctor killing themselves and stuff. It's definitely like, y'all just don't have like that mental toughness. <laughs> right and, uh, but you know this wasn't like, a, this know, was like, a problem before in, yeah like well let's say like you're in like a really dangerous work setting right you're like uh i don't know like uh, you work in an oil derrick or like you're in a you're a coal miner or something i don't know and people keep getting crushed by a rock <laughs> and your boss was like man you just you got to get those plyometrics going man you got to avoid them rocks <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> way better. I mean, if you just do a little bit of, do a little bit of uh, a half hour of cardiovascular activity, like that will just regulate your brain to not think that this is bad situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I so thought what, it was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, so what? I mean, is the staff the staff is with you on that? But they, uh, I'm guessing, but you yeah, know. the staff. Yeah, if you're not an like. Some some people get out of training and they kind of become jerks and I don't know what what that's about. But if you're cool, that that's kind of love residents. It's like if you're if you're cool because you're always there. Yeah, is so it like if you you know? Is it like uh is this like a shortage? Or just, is it just because there's like not as many people that are qualified to do that job, or are they not hiring enough people to do that job? Well, I mean, there's this doctor shortage kind of kind of nationally, right? Like they they make it really hard to get in, and then if you can't get that kind of get into that kind of debt, you're not going to do it. And then you have to go you, to, to to work. You need to, uh, to to train, 
and even those spots are pretty tight too. Okay, so, so they just—I mean, they—they—it's they, a guild, you know what I mean? Like they—they—that's they, how they get paid as much as they do in the states. Like there's just not a lot of them. So that's so it's it's kind of there's it like they make it very hard to do, and most people don't want to go through the debt. So there's of course going to be shortages because. You know, yeah. there are there are also a lot of people who just can't afford to do it. Like, what? even without the yeah, debt, no, it's just you can't go to school to do it because you can't like live off of right, live right. through like, that long know, of college. Pay for you to eat that food. Like, the loans will just pay for you know school. Like, if you if you got to eat, like, <laughs> yeah, they want you working. You know, they're going to make you work while you're there too, unless somebody can help take care of you while you're there. So it yeah, seems. Yeah, uh that whole field seems uh, rough. It well, seems like a plan for universal health care would also include like making it easier for people to go to school to become doctors. Oh, yeah, I, I would rather universal see... Universal healthcare would be bad for my work. You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I spend a lot of time saying, hey, this is what you need, but you can't afford that. Right, right. I don't have a way of getting it to you. Yeah. So you're saying it would be good for your for your job? I mean, oh, I'm sure you support it for sure. I do, yeah, no, but it would be. I mean, objectively, if you're really good at my job, Oh yeah, because I have heard a lot of people who do stuff in the medical field talk about how it's like you. There are there are things that, like there are times where you're like, I know what I could. My doctor, for instance, has has said like, well, in the early days of me being on antidepressants, she put me on a. Uh, pill that was supposed to help me sleep and that pill was $60 a month and I just didn't have the $60 a month to get the bill at that yeah, the yeah. pill at that time and she was just like okay well I guess we got to put you on something else there's not really a solution if you can't afford the medication so a lot of times doctors are having to be like well you can't afford it so I'm just not you're not going to get this that unfortunately you don't yeah. get the best thing you know unfair yeah Unfortunately, I, I see a lot of people, they'll come in super sick, too, you know? If you have universal health care, I saw a guy two months ago, maybe, and he had some, uh, a, not to get in the weeds too much, but he had a really aggressive type of cancer, but it was only in his gallbladder. And, like, you know, people get their gallbladder sticking out all the time. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that just happens for any number of reasons. So if, it, if he had come, like, I talked to him, and he was like, yeah, I was just losing my appetite for a couple months, and my stomach really, really, really hurt, but, like, and he's, like, undocumented. So he's like, but I didn't come in because, you know, I'm, I'm not, I just figured I had something else. He just ignored it for a really long time, and now he's quite, quite, quite sick, you know, like, he's chemotherapy and everything. Oh, man, that is just too much. Well, yeah. uh... What what would you say? Like, so do you just think like? Yes, I mean you're 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 in the position, and you're like you're a street fight listener. Like, what's your perspective on all of this? What would make it easier and accessible for everybody, and make it work for you? Yeah, I mean, there's just no ifs, anders, or buts, right? Like, if it's free at the point of care, like people come in for the thing, you know. Well, I mean, you're. Like, you're, are you working in like an emergency room situation or he delivers babies? Yeah. Delivers babies. Well, part of, part of, yeah, well, part of residency. So I mean, I'm a fan. I'm training to be a family doctor. So outpatient doc, 
docs. I'm inpatient, delivering some babies and kids. Kind of a little bit of everything. Sure. Not particularly good at everything. Anything. Uh, so, but yeah, I'll be in the, like I was in the emergency department a couple of days ago. You see kind of similar stuff. It's crazy. You know, I mean, I have to say that like, uh, I mean, part of our growing up, I don't know how old you are, but I mean, everybody did really believe that like doctor and medical was like the way out of any problems in your life. It was just like the path to success. And I think that like we've promised too many people that they can become a doctor and get like <laughs> a fucking Audi, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it so no, I that mean, I'll tell you. I'll be honest with you. I I think I have two hundred seventy, two hundred seventy three thousand dollars in debt. Oh my god! Fuck! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because I, I only did four, you. my friend. I do not envy you. I only did but they, four they years. They're um, not going to kill you for it, and if they do, the street fighters will go nah, crazy nah. over. I mean, it. shouldn't he like be bad? That will. I mean, you know, I, they can't take it. They, can, they can't take the degree. So right. Like, right. Shouldn't they? I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, once you become the doctor and you're doing all the doctor shit, you would think that they would be like, you know what? Never mind the debt because no, dude. this is a net good. They gave you a bump up. I agree. I see what you're saying. They want to get paid out. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I also, I just think like it's one of those things where it's like, even if they just treated it like a uh, test to get you in, where it's like, look, you can be a doctor. But you're going to owe $255,000 when you get out. But if you become a doctor, we'll erase all that debt and you won't have to have the debt anymore. That seems like the test, you know, to, to make sure everybody gets through and gets in and gets a job. But I, obviously, you would, feel, I you would feel so bad going after somebody that had to quit three quarters of the way through, though, Brian. <laughs> right. And I'm not for that. You know, I, I'm not. <laughs> no, I know. It's just a thing where it's like. Uh, the deal that we have is just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Even with like, like, I mean, like using their logic, it's like, well, give them a mil all a million dollars for working at the hospital. And it's like, oh, we can't do that. We have to make money. And it's like, I don't know what we're doing then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and are you like, do you, uh, before we go, I want to ask you this because I know a lot of people. I don't know any doctors, right? But I do know people that have gone to law school and almost uh, to the person, every one of them has said, never go to law school. I wish I wouldn't have gone to law school. How do you feel about your medical training? Like, wh where do you feel? Do you, are you happy yeah. you did it? Uh, I say so. Well, I think that I didn't want to sit at a desk. Yeah, <laughs> true. I still don't really do that. <laughs> yeah, my... My sister is a nurse and she's done the traveling nurse thing where she just finds like the biggest yeah, bounty and bad. goes there. And um yeah. I don't know, I don't think she's I don't think she's necessarily motivated by money so much is that in that she is okay with looking at like gross stuff. Like she's not queasy yeah. about like body fluids and stuff. Like she's built for the position and it is very lucrative, you know, to to do so. But at the end of the day, she really is just like way better than at way, way better at it than like, you know, most people would be. Yeah. I'll tell you, they really undersell the amount of like dicks and butts I see during the, <laughs> the course of yeah. I guess, I mean, my, my day. It's it. I, I guess I have what, just one more like tack on question for that. Uh, would you recommend other people do it? 
Like if somebody came to you, I mean, obviously it's different for each person, but if somebody comes right, to right. you and says, Hey, I'm thinking about going to medical school. I'd like to be a doctor. Like what kind of things would you say to them to make sure or to tell them to make sure of, or, or any of that stuff? I can not think there's like two things. Like you can't be passionate about something else because you're not going to be able to do that thing for like 20 years. So like if you are really into something else, you got to do that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know you're not gonna like ooh, this is gonna be like a, cut me a big check and then I'll go do that thing. Like nah, you're gonna be a different person. <laughs> you know, at yeah, the end of the, that makes sense. That. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, mean, I can. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and then like you just you just have to. It's not even you have to be smart. You definitely don't have like. That, I don't really believe in that. You don't. You don't have to be smart, but you do have to have, like, I don't know, have the right upbringing where you can look at a multiple choice question and be like, "That's probably the right answer." <laughs> Otherwise, you're not gonna like be successful, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in. I mean, we we I don't I I don't think I would have ever thought a single doctor listened to our podcast. So it's good to hear that. Well, one day, okay. Yeah, yeah, wait till well, he gets the Audi. One. Wait till he gets the Audi, though. Yeah, once he gets that Audi coupe, he's not going to call into <laughs> our show this anymore. Shit, you know these fucking guys are yeah, just jealous of my wealth. Well, thanks for calling Thank in. You. I do appreciate it. I appreciate what you do. You know, knowing people that nah. go, in, knowing people that go into medical and everything, like it is one of those careers where, like, as a working class working class family. All I had to say to my parents was, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And they were like, oh, that's amazing. That's great. I love it. I've got a good kid, you know. So to come out on the other end and do it and see, like, that it's a bad deal. But at the same time, I'll also understand, like, eh, well, I could be either helping people in their time of crisis or I could be, like, making money doing spreadsheets. I'd rather just stitch some people up. I'd rather just write some prescriptions. So I'd, I'd rather just look some dicks and butts instead, you know? Like, that's a better deal for some people than having to do, like, the the 9 to 5 office work, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Brian, I mean, I know... Brian that, has a really interesting article on his computer he's looking at. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but something that I, I think about all the time is, like, uh, yeah, if you find something you like to do, right? And, and well, it's going to be 24 hours of your life, and that's everything you got to do then it's not the worst thing in the world yeah you know well that's what i'm trying to find with my like raising a kid and everything is just like what is it that you like and you're willing to put up with all the negative aspects yes like that's what we're doing right now is like this is what we like to do but we're also willing to put up with every negative aspect that comes from this yeah and And it's i mean i'm i i sort of spend all i i think about it all the time and i'm just like you know, anything that's negative about what we do, uh, I, I, I kind of am like, it's better than what was negative yeah. about the, the cable company. Sure. You know, and, and, and that's why I, I just, I think that's kind of the, uh, that's the thing you should weigh out before yeah. you do anything. 
You know? Yeah, unfortunately, we do have to do something. So you should make it something that you don't mind doing or that you're willing to put up with the bullshit. I don't even know if it's like, unfortunately, we all have to do something. It if, is. If we lived in a world where, like, you got to sort of, you got any kind of chance to pick what you do, we don't. I don't think it would be that bad of a thing if we all had to so do something. Why are you going to give an advice for a fairy tale world, though? I Yeah, you're right. Hey, I just saying. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad that we all have to do something, I guess. Like, okay. I can get with you on that. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's and fine. We do have to. I mean, there's nothing. There's like, we can't all just take the day off because nothing will happen. And then we'll all complain that nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the engagement that we're all in. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hi, this is Jamie in Indiana. ABCD. How, howdy. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. So far, good. so good. I mean, yeah, we're about ready to clock out, so I think I'm doing right. Oh. Day I off work. just wanted to call to complain about work, but I wanted to add something about uh, fentanyl from earlier, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I had to get uh, electrolysis like two years ago, and they gave me a bag of fentanyl, and it was like the best five minutes of my life. <laughs> I've been there. I I'll say this. It, like, there's a reason that shit's addicted. There's a reason yeah. people throw their lives away for that yeah. stuff. It feels very good, dude. I had an in, I, I I had an endoscopy. Like they just did like the the scope down my throat, and when I woke out woke up. I was just like cracking jokes and like point doing like finger guns at people. Like I felt so comfortable and calm and like everybody in the room was just like lighting up because of me. I felt like everything was right. I remember the first time I did Dilaudid at the doctor. I had a kidney stone. I'm 19 years old. I'm laying in the bed. Nurse comes in like we're going to get you something for the pain. And she shoots like a hat she starts to shoot it in and you know you immediately feel it like it just takes over your body you feel really warm my dad was in the room with me because he was visiting at that point he had come to visit me because i was going to be admitted to the hospital and i was like uh, i'll never forget that howard stern was on the tv and i was watching it and i go oh whoa and she was like uh what and i was like that feels that feels great and she was like, uh, that's only half of it. Do you want me to stop? And I was like, let it ride. Yeah. The rest up. Put give me the rest. And then for the rest of the time I was in the doctors, every four hours, it's like, I'm in extreme pain right now. And like I, I remember uh putting on the gown in my jeans and rolling the uh rolling the IV thing out to smoke cigarettes. And just hang out outside, like all fucking crushed on opiates, yeah. smoking cigarettes, and then like coming back in and getting lost, <laughs> like not knowing where my room was supposed like, to be. What am I supposed to do here again? <laughs> yeah. I just sit in this bed. My whole ass was sticking out, though. That's the thing, because I like I put the jeans on, but I didn't pull them all the way up, and I had the gown, and it was open in the back, and it was just. I mean, there's a reason people like it, but yeah. Uh, How was your experience? Fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it was fine. It was I was getting a genital electrolysis. So other than the fentanyl, it was like excruciating and terrible. But that kind of made up for it because I had to do a, I had to get electrolysis before a surgery and chop my wiener off, and because they didn't want hair growing where the uh, in my vagina. Yeah. And they had to do lidocaine injections, and the they gave me fentanyl. The lidocaine injections because it was the most 
painful thing I've ever felt in my life. And I was like weeping from pain and the needle was huge. But the fentanyl didn't really help that, but it was good for a few minutes. Yeah, it just is one of the, it, like, I, I always think it takes your mind off of it more than it kills the pain. Because the whole time I remember, yeah. be, I'm every time I've ever done that, been given it by a doctor, it's like I'm still acutely aware that I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just that it's like, ah, oh, you know, there's this whole other good thing going on, yeah. too, you know? But um, Plus, by the time they got around to the lidocaine, it had already worn off, like, 30 minutes before that. Oh, yeah. That, that. But yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. what was what's going on with work? Oh, I started. I deliver pizzas mostly, and I got a second job Doing as Lord's a work. pharmacy technician. And I kind of hate it. What? Okay. Um, Let me ask you this before you go on: Do you like the mm -hmm. pizza job or the pharmacy technician job more? Well, I thought I didn't like the pizza job until I got another job. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, delivering that's, a, that's you. a hard pill to swallow, though. It's I mean, we live in a land of contrast, and you realize that you don't got it so bad at the pizza shop sometimes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, I quit. I was going to quit, right? I was like, I fucking hate this job, you know, working in the game room. Because I was working in the game room. I had to fix the games and stuff. Right? I was like, I fucking hate this job. This job sucks. So I got a job at a different restaurant, but as a dishwasher. Because I thought, I'll be back in the kitchen. It's going to be great. So I didn't quit Chuck E. Cheese. I just took the weekend off. And then I went to this other job. And I was like, well, if it doesn't work, you know, I could just come back to Chuck E. Cheese when, when if it doesn't work or, or if I something bad happens. And I went in there and I fucking had to wash dishes. I was getting paid $3 more an hour. And I was like, fuck this, and went back to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I thought, like, pharmacy tech would be, like, more of a career thing, because I don't want to deliver pizzas my whole life. But it sucks. And, it, it, and, like, we get people bringing in fake prescriptions for opioids. Like, that's happened a couple times, and I only work there, like, 10 hours a week. Really? And every time, it, yeah, every time it happens, it's, like, Everyone treats it as like a, a fun little heist. Like these people are going to come back. They have a fake prescription. I need you to stall them so we can call the police. Oh, like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. I yeah. get I get you. We used to have people when I worked at this toy store at an early age. They would try to catch shoplifters, and most of the shoplifters just left the store with their goods. But they always dreamed of this day where they could like stall somebody to the point where the cops showed up. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to send someone to prison. Can you give? Want can you high. give? Can you give some Street Fight listeners some advice on how to write a script that doesn't get flagged by the <laughs> pharmacist? <laughs> I don't know enough. I'm still just like a level one, and I'm probably gonna quit before I get to level two. So is it? I don't know. Can I ask? Is it? Is it? So is it because it's more buttoned up, maybe, than the pizza job? Like, just as a guess, like. I'm just guessing, but it's like you went from a because uh, I've worked in several pizza places because for your money, the, the pizza place is the best job in the world. If they paid more, it would be great. But of all the restaurant jobs, yeah. pizza shop was always my favorite one. But like it is a hassle and you don't really get paid very much. I, I never drove. 
but like the people you work with are characters and it's it's very it's a fun place usually yeah. to work at is is the, maybe the problem the employees as the as the pharmacy tech the people that are are like doing this for a career like is that something that's disconcerting cuz like i could see feeling that way you know like like oh man yeah, you know this is yeah yeah cuz they act different it's just when people don't care about their job they act one way and when people see that job as their meal ticket for the rest of their life they act another way and that way is usually you know they're more stressed out they're meaner and uh yeah like they're not fun yeah one of them was one of them played he's like a he's a grown man and he plays um veggie tales songs from his phone and it's and he like told us a really funny part from boss baby and was laughing at it what <laughs> is he a, he has kids right yeah, so it's kind of understandable, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, pizza place. I mean, there's that. just yeah, that sucks. There are people that just subscribe to the kid lifestyle, and then on their like, whenever there's like not a kid around, they will just watch animated shit, and it's just like, what is going on? Like, you have to, why don't you listen to something that's a little yeah. more dangerous, or watch something that <laughs> like fucking has some sexual content in it. <laughs> Whenever the kids leave the room, I'm like, put on the fucking pussy and dick music right now. Yeah. Like, immediately, I want to hear stuff about, like, that these kids can't fucking hear. Like, there needs to be a strict delineation between the two uh, energies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I, I, you know, that it's such a weird problem because I know exactly, I, I sort of think I know how you feel in that you... I you thought this was going to be it you know you get a job and you're like this is yeah. it and then now you're realizing it's not it and it probably i mean i know when it whenever it happened to me and it happened to me a lot uh the instability of that is very weird because you don't really know what it is you realize you don't know what the job is that you want now is am i right in assuming that yeah i thought it would just be like counting pills and putting them in bottles which sounds kind of fun and yeah. it kind of is but there's so much more to it and I wait, I make way more money at this pizza place than I do here <laughs> <laughs> Crown, <laughs> fuck you and your drugs your manufactured drugs man fucking pizza makes more these days I'm not into it I, it makes sense a lot of drivers <laughs> say that they make really good money it's hard to step away yeah, as, as a pizza guy 15 an hour Yeah, which isn't too bad I mean I'll say this my wife uh, for two years when we were younger, worked at a golf course as a server and they gave her, it was automatic gratuity on every check. You got an automatic 15% gratuity. You didn't have to depend on their tips. So you got your pay and you got your gratuity. And like within the last three years, she finally made more than she made at that place at her current job. And so it was like, she quit just for insurance, but, but she could have been making what she makes now, <laughs> you know, just serving people. And I'm sure she would be much happier doing that, you know, because it's it's more of a, the type of thing she'd be into. So I, I'm with you. I feel you. I, I solidarity in that thing, because that that happened to yeah. me a lot of times where 
you know, every single job I got, I thought it was the job. You know, I got the job at the call center doing tech support. And when I got that job, I was like, this is it. This is the job. I'm just going to keep this job forever. I'm doing tech support. And, uh, and then, you know, it didn't work out. And then the cable job was the same thing. I was like, this is it. This is going to be my job. This is the job for the rest of my life. And it, it, it didn't, I didn't end up able to do that. And, and it always did. It, it was always like you, you sort of take it out on yourself in a way where you're, where you're like, uh, this is my fault. I just don't fit in anywhere, but it, it, it isn't. And it, I don't, I, I think that, that we all have to, it's very hard to find what you want when you're working at like at the jobs you're working at, which are lower end of the totem pole at places like lower pay. It's uh, they're all kind of bad and, and hard to do. And, and it, it like can be very disconcerting. And I, I hope you find, I hope you find your thing. I hope you're successful in your thing. Yeah. Thank you. Have, have a great night. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you too. Thanks for, Letting me on. Oh, yeah, peace. Hey. This is my pleasure. Yep, have a good night. That's um You you never had that? What? Like you never had that that uh that feeling of like getting getting there and being at the place that you knew, thought was your thing. I knew it was always gonna be bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean there I was just I just decided there me were... there was like if I'm not like achieving on the highest level, like all of this is going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was always like I was always willing to settle for a job that was. I wanted no, I did want just, like I wanted the warehouse to be like. My dad told me that he drove, fucking forklifts for fifteen dollars an hour, and when I did the money, I was like, okay, that is enough for me. And then when I went there to go try and do it, like there was just no option to make your life better beyond that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely. get disillusioned real quick. I, I definitely did think that there was going to be something available where I could just do a menial task, count pills, whatever it may be. And uh, yeah, they just ripped the rug out from under you. It's like, this is going to be painful the whole time. It can't, be, it can't be easy or enjoyable to do something that we all require people to do, you know? What a bummer to to be like, I got this job. It's, it's pharmacy tech. I'm counting pills. And then she... Uh, got in there and it was just not it's like i'd rather be fucking making pizzas right now (laughs) i'd rather be delivering pizzas which is you know i'd like i i have known a lot of people pizzas work the same as pills in a lot of situations well i know a lot of people who love delivering pizzas dude like a lot of the pizza delivery people at a lot of the jobs i worked at loved doing it they thought it was great and fun you know i'd never but they never you are subscribing to like a you are subscribing to a lifestyle though that isn't one of like home ownership and shit though that's true yeah you're getting yeah. by i yeah. mean you do have enough to get by it's like it does pay more but you know it's it's like it's a challenge to say like i just want i would ra- i just want to sign up for this thing and not think about it you know we're all required to like be bettering ourselves and to be trying to make six figures a year everybody is competing and fighting to like like crabs in a bucket to get above one another and simply taking an hourly wage is viewed as lesser than that like it's viewed as like a punishable offense yeah like in this world if like if you just signed up to get your hourly wage you're like a fucking chump right it's like you're not even you're not even hustling you're not even using your time from like you're we're watching game of thrones instead of running a side business instead you know right and people who grew up working class it's funny because the working class deserves the world 
they deserve everything but generally and this is among all a lot of the people i grew up with it, it was my feeling especially was like i just want a job that's good and pays me money to do something i don't i'm not being picked i don't want to climb I'm not saying i don't want to do i'm not saying i i won't do plumbing i'll do plumbing like i will i will do everything you know but i have to go to check smart every two weeks and if i'm constantly fighting with my fucking debtors like uh, the people that i owe money to like why would i want to do this yeah yeah no i i know i'm with you i've thought about it i've thought i have thought about it too and that like that aspect of saying like I, i'm willing to sign up for whatever people will offer i'm willing to do the job that no one else wants to do but i always was i was thinking, even with the the cable job when i got that job dude i really did feel like like i look up to these guys the people that do the cable job i think that it looks kind of difficult and it looks like something that you have a skill that you're learning and i got in there and within like two years i realized like i didn't learn anything yeah like i didn't i'm not doing anything like you're just, I, I don't you're have just a marketable making, skill you're making yourself useful to other people to make more money yeah i don't have a marketable skill there's only one or two cable companies if i want to have leverage and just go away you're like what are my shots you know what what am i going to do absolutely and so sometimes they won't hire people from the other company the yeah the insight was like no we, we don't hire people from the other company and all it's right like, geez let's see who's on the line we got two to go i think we're going to make it within the wire we're we definitely going to make it. We, we still got time. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, this is Ed I'm in California. What's up, Howdy, Ed? Ed? We're going to be seeing you in November, I hope. I I do hope so. It's a bit of a drive, but if you guys are in, I mean, you'll be in L.A. or like San Francisco area. Or San Diego. Yeah, we're going to make our first oh. San Diego appearances. Yeah, three shows, in, three shows in California this time. All right. That is, uh, that is awesome. Um, I just wanted to um, call to uh, thank you guys for, um, sorry, uh, this show you guys did, like, I think it was, like, earlier this summer, but um, I think it was, like, like, Brian, you were talking about how you were looking at, like, the person who you used to be and it was like kind of difficult to like reconcile that with like where you are now and you're like oh man i used to be like a teenage homophobe person or whatever <laughs> yeah and um yeah i kind of was uh i mean like you could have been talking to me at that point because like that's kind of who i was and then like through some friends and through some other things i kind of changed my view and now i'm now i'm like i guess i have better views but I mean, it was just great to hear that. So it's interesting. For that show. It is interesting. I I uh I appreciate you saying that. It it is something I I struggle with quite a bit. Like uh, but uh, I think, I guess for me, it's like I've found people to be mostly forgiving of that kind of thing because I did change, and I think there's a lot of times, like it's hard to change, and it's especially hard to change from that kind of thing because there's so much tied into it especially when you're a dude the, the toxic masculinity thing really does make you want to be like no i'm never been wrong I'm you can be rewarded for it yeah yeah and uh yeah you know it's like it's like uh 
it's hard it's hard to be around people and feel like imposter syndrome is not just like a work thing right and it, it is hard for me sometimes when i'm standing out there after a show i just feel like god you know if i met you at a different time in my life i no telling what i would have said or, or not done. I wasn't a violent guy, but there's no telling what I would have said or how yeah. I would have treated this person. And, uh, I mean, I'm trying to get over that because there's, there's nothing good about it, but I do constantly, it's a very weird thing. Like I, I just, since street fight started, I've, I've kind of been like, I want to make amends for a lot of that stuff, but it's not, it's not a, uh, debit sheet. There is no making amends for the thing you did when you just were right a now. teen. You fucked somebody's life. I mean, you, yeah. you hurt some. You hurt people, and uh, you just have to figure out how to uh, not do that anymore. Because well, you should also accept that, like making. The, I mean, most people do end up being assholes forever because it makes sense. Like you can slot yourself right in and just be that kind of asshole and so making the difference does matter you know it's not going to change the past but uh today is much more important than the past yeah and i'll be honest with you uh you know this is only it's this isn't something that's going to happen to everybody and it is a really weird thing to even bring up on on the show publicly but there was this guy in high school that i was like really mean to uh who who uh i was so mean to this guy brett like it was just in feed Jake guy feed Jake guy. Yeah. I was very mean to this guy. And, uh, at the time he was the only kid in my school that was gay. Like nobody else, nobody else was, or so everybody was, no one else was comfortable enough to say it. nobody else was out. It was like this redneck school. And like, I was fucking terrible to this person, you know, pushing them in the hallway as I walked down or just yelling. You like, just told us you weren't violent though push or like just slurs and shit like that or like really just going in on this kid sure. right with uh, with my friends it wasn't something i did when i was alone it wasn't like if i was walking down the hall by myself i was gonna start making fun of this guy but it was like if i'm with my friends i'm showing off and uh he messaged me two years ago and he said hey uh i see what you're doing out there and uh, I really appreciate it. And I think it's important. And I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. And uh, that was the first time that I felt that I had. And, and not everybody's going to get this again. Not everybody's going to be able to get like the payoff of like somebody noticing and saying like you're different. And, and I can tell. And I'm glad that happened. And I, I forgive you or whatever. But like. Now I message with him all the time about wrestling. He like gets a hold of me all the time. We talk about wrestling because he's a wrestling fan. And like, uh, I don't know, like that was the time when I realized like maybe I have changed. Maybe I'm like the re maybe the real me is the person that changed, and that wasn't the real me, or that was the real me at that time. But it's I'm not that person anymore. I can't be. Uh, I I can't be. I can't be stuck trying to fix the things that that person did you know but i'm not homophobic that's the real me right yeah. so i think that's the, the weekend song i think he said that in that song what's weird because you do i think you do convince yourself that that was the well, real you because well the that's thing about it is that up. i mean for a lot of bad recursive thoughts for a lot of bad uh mental programming 
people have that as evidence. People do like in their life can use um, their past, their transgressions as some sort of evidence that they're bad. And you do have to realize that like so many other people just continue to be awful. And if you did not do that, like you have done enough. Like that's all that it that's all that mattered ever is that you didn't keep doing that, you know. Uh, when we read stories about young people, teenagers, y- you know, twenty year olds or whatever, having lived my life as long as I have now, I do realize that folks are going to change over these times, and I don't necessarily think that that defines them for the rest of their existence, you know. But at the same time, you can yeah. like, I mean, I remember, I do remember saying some like shit that was absolutely like heinous and homophobic to somebody that still like keeps me up at night, like before I go to bed. But then I also have to say that like, you know, the people that were around me at the time, um, they have continued to do so and I have decided not to. So I think that is like worth a thumbs up. Yeah. That's all. Just a thumbs yeah. up. Well, I'm, I'm just real, one I, thumbs up is yeah, all you, don't you fucking deserve get. Anything, just by one, the way. just yeah, one I, little thumbs up is yeah. all you get. You don't deserve anything, right? Like, like I'm, I don't think I deserved even that per that. I mean, if I was that dude, I would be like, "Fuck this guy. He's fake. He, this is bullshit. People should know who he is." Because I'm immature and bad. Yeah, I wouldn't do that now, but you know, at a time in my life, and and like, uh, I, I don't know. I just I know I'm not that person anymore and uh it took a while for me to reckon with the fact that like that person that li- like that person that grew up in Groveport that was that lived in Groveport till he was like 25 is not Brian. Like I am me now. I, yeah. This is who I am now. Yeah. Back then that's who I was, but that, I, I'm not him and I can't there's nothing I can do about him. He's yeah. he's that's over, you know, but it was horrible. The things I did were horrible, and, yeah. I, and I know how you feel. Yeah. Hey, well, um, thanks for taking my golf, guys. I uh, love the show, and I'll see you when you when you get here in November. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll see you. All right, later, guys. Next. Yeah, that's a big right. challenge, man. I mean, there's a there's an amount of beating yourself up that I think is worth it. Like, I still believe in beating myself up. It's how I got where I'm at. But you can't get over the top, you know. Um, there's a matter of like still thinking about that stuff, you know, 20 years later and having it like affect your day, which isn't worth it. You know, even though it was bad and it didn't mess up somebody else's life to know that, you know, things aren't the same right now, I think is enough. Yeah. I I mean, that's enough. I I mean, you, you have to forgive yourself. Like for, you know, we have a lot of cis het white dude listeners that were pushed into a status quo way of thinking that does celebrate and support their most selfish and horrible attitudes so you know i do want to say that not not going into that is enough at this point like i I mean like just rebelling against the system that says it's okay to be homophobic is enough at this point like we are making progress and um you know your past is something that you learn from but it's nothing to say who you're going to be you know yeah yeah all right let's see who we got on the phone our last caller it better be a good one they're a new one you know it don't have to be a good one it better be a good you one. can you don't feel no pressure from him thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight 
Hey, it's, uh, you know what, I'm going to say I'm funny because I want to name names and I don't want to name my own. Perfect. Nice. Hey, Lonnie, how's it going? Go for it, Lonnie. I like, can I, first, before we go into this, I like how certain callers pick Terry and certain callers pick Lonnie because Lonnie and Terry are different things. So yeah. when you pick Lonnie, it says something about you. And when you pick Terry, it says something about you. Well, I don't know what the different things are. I think just, uh, I don't know. Oh, but you anyway, know. Oh, uh, you know. And no, I'm kidding. No, I, I seriously don't. The only Lonnie I know is my friend's boyfriend, but I don't know any Terry's, and I don't actually know what the joke is. Terry is two, Terry is I'm a gen, Terry is a generic name. Like Terry for me is just generic. If somebody were to ask me what. If somebody were to ask me to make up a name, people ask this all the time, so we should just get this out there. If somebody asked me to make up a name, I say Terry every single time. Like, it's just, that's the name that pops in my mind. Just a generic name, and that's all it is. But Lonnie is a dude that, like, everybody knows. He's, like, uh, uh, drinks Mountain Dew a lot. He uh, doesn't wear a shirt all the time. He wears like tight white denim. He has a tobacco stained uh, blonde mustache. It's like Lonnie, you know? It's a very specific Midwestern type of person. Okay, well, I'm not from the Midwest, but that definitely sounds like me. So, okay, uh, right I'm on. Lonnie. Well, what's going on? What, what, what are we naming names? Who are we going after tonight? The worst boss I've ever had. Wonderful. His name is Jack Bush. He's from New Jersey. And he is a like a boss for lifeguards. And uh, I want to say the first thing is like a good thing about him being a bad boss was that because we clocked in and out on our cell phones and he was just really bad at his job, we were able to steal just so many hours. <laughs> nice. Uh, but so, so anyway, uh, he made us call him Coach. They made it, he made us call him Coach Bush because... Uh, he was the film coach. So, like, he wasn't even the real football coach. Weird. But he thought of himself as a football coach. And, like, he recruited some of his lifeguards from, like, the school he worked at. But he made us call him coach. And, like, he wouldn't, like, let him me call him by his first name. He was like, what's this jack shit? And uh, so most of the time when I was a lifeguard, though, uh, I, I would just be alone at the pool. Uh, just watching it, but then he would just show up sometimes, uh, just like for a few hours a week, and uh, just hang out with you. And it, it was just no the fun. worst when he was there. Yeah, he I was just no fun at all. And just I, I'm used to like sitting there and like listening to my podcast and like pretending to watch the pool because no one's ever going to drown. Sure, but uh, he would just show up and like you would have to like be at super attention, and he would just like tell you the most inane shit, but like. I, I can't even get into that, but well, we, the, you know, uh, Alexander from uh, the Minion Death Cult podcast shared a video this week of his boss showing them how to walk. Like he had nothing what? else to do besides, like y'all should walk like this to your to your thing. So he showed them like the proper gait of their. That fucking- is exactly what this guy would do. Yeah, I mean, it's just he like... Would, like, tell you how to do the most basic stuff. Oh, gee. I mean, you're right. I mean, they, they just have to justify their position at that point. And it is very, it's very uncomfortable because you're like, I've been doing this job. I'm, I'm literally the best at this job. No one, there's been no problem so far. But now that you're here, I have to pretend like I'm doing all of these extra things that you put in the handbook or that you put on the training sheet. 
so that you feel justified in paying me money. Oh, yeah. And, but like, I think the real bad behavior that he did uh, would be that he would get our home numbers, oh, uh, I think, from like the, the application. <sighs> and he, like, we were all teenagers. So, like, I like, started this job when I was 18. I did it when I was like 20. But uh, he would like call our parents, like, when he wanted us to work. Uh, and we just wouldn't answer him on his like all caps text because we didn't want to work. And he would we'd call our parents, and sometimes he would show up to our houses. Oh no, and, no! Like harass our parents in no. person. That's a top level fucking. I've never oh heard my of that. God. That's how I'm going to jail, man. As soon as my daughter's boss shows up, I'm punching that motherfucker's lights out. I have <laughs> never. This I'm going to tell you after doing this show for as long as we've done this show, the call-in show for about two years now. We've been doing it. Uh, and we've been talking to people about their jobs for, for four years or seven years, actually, but we weren't talking to man, whatever, uh, for, but we've been talking to people about their jobs and I've worked 87 shitty jobs and my boss never showed up at my house once. Although I did have a boss at one point that if you went to call off work, he would be like, I'll send somebody to pick you up if that's the problem. <laughs> like, as yeah, if that's I great. Send somebody to drive that's great. And pick you up. It's like, no, I don't want to be That's a good manager. Yeah. That's a really good manager. That's how you stay the manager is when you can like set up rides for people. Yeah. Because that gets rid of all of their excuses. I mean, there were only a few that would ever do that for me as I was like getting older or as I, when I was a kid, I, I remember so many being like, if you can't get to work, then you can't work here anymore. And that was basically the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So. That's depressing. <laughs> I can't believe he showed up at your house and like, what did you, what what would your parents say to something like that? Do you know? They would, they would usually say like, oh, uh, like Patrick, Pat, oh shit, that's my name. He would say Lonnie doesn't want to work today, and uh, uh, and they he would be like, oh, I say it's a, he would he would call our houses and be like, it's a nine one one emergency. Uh, it was phrasing that. What was he the job again? To be there. What was the job? Uh, I was a lifeguard. Yeah. But yeah, okay. at, like, at like private pools, like that, like, like at like trailer parks and shit. I'm like, watching someone die in here right now. I need a lifeguard, and he, like your son is doesn't show up. This person's gonna die because of them. <laughs> I can't do well, anything it, it about was it. Mostly old people. It was yeah. mostly old people who would sit at the side of the pool and read. It wasn't actually many swimmers. Well, I mean, it does sound like that you're being a little a little unappreciative that they were willing to give you a job and you know like you they they were trying to give you money and you didn't even give a shit about it you know that is incredible i gotta <laughs> tell you i gotta tell you uh i mean i can't think of i mean i've never once had somebody a, a boss show up to my fucking house no if we had prizes oh, and also just one last thing uh is that he like kind of he like coerced me because I was like 19 and didn't know any better into working at a pool that was like an hour from my house for $10 an hour, which just like, if I got a job at like the grocery store in that town, that would, that would just not be like a thing yep. someone would no, do. No, they yep. can't but do I, that. He, he like bullied me into taking this pool an hour from my house. Jesus. I, I, you know what? I wish we had prizes to send you because gift him. What? You want to give him a gift ham? I'll we'll give him something. We get a shirt or something like you that. Ham? Do you eat ham? Do you want a gift ham? Do you eat ham? <laughs> he's not into the ham. Brad. You don't want a whole ham? But he's got the worst boss I've heard of in a while. Yeah, we'll send you a gift I'll ham. I'll send you We've a gift ham before. if you eat it. 
Okay, sure. I'll, I'll like DM you, I guess. And yeah. I'll, I'll take a shirt, I guess. Yeah, I would love to send you a gift ham or a shirt. Shirt is, like, not fun. A gift ham is way more fun <laughs> We want to send me. you a gift ham, but, but we'll send you okay, a shirt. Okay, well, I'm a vegan, so, like, if you get, like, a yeah. Oh, that's what I was wondering. Okay, that's what good, I was wondering. Good, good. We're okay. going to send you a shirt. Uh, DM us so we can send you a shirt, because uh, Boss showing up at home is something that I've never... Yeah, it's unprecedented. I've, and if you want a shirt, you can Dude. buy them off store.streetfightradio.com. We got a shirt that says, guys, gals, non-binary pals, and we got hellfire shirts that we need to sell yeah so buy them. them yeah i remember when i I, did, I had a job of fazoli's when i was like 16 and i used to like rollerblade to work so and it was stupid. like snowing outside and i called my boss and was like can i get a ride to work and he's like i'm at work i can't give you a ride and i'm like i'm a ride around the corner and he's like i can't give you a ride and i'm like i'm not fucking coming to work he's like you have to come to work I'm like, you know I rollerblade to work and there's fucking ice outside. I'm not coming. And I hung up on his ass. And the next day when I went in, he acted so surprised. He's like, I thought you were really coming in. I thought you were gonna come in. I was like, No, I said you have to come get me to come in. He, like you have to come to my fucking house. That's the only way I'm coming to work. Yeah. I didn't think that your little trick worked on me at all. Like your you, reverse you psychology would, you didn't are work. You're going to come into work. And yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Sure. You got me. You know. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Well, hey, uh, DM the, the Street Fight account. We'll send you a shirt for having a shitty boss. And uh, have a good night. All right. Uh, you guys, too. And uh, just go on Doughboys, Brian. I, I don't, <laughs> we want to. You have no idea how badly I want to go on Doughboys. They need to come to us and do White Castle or Wendy's. Like They need to come all the way to Columbus and do one of the many great franchises that we have here. I have to say, I'm not going to ask to be on that show because we are the center of a lot of fucking franchises. So they can ask us. <laughs> well, I talk, I've talked yeah, to Nick. I, there is going to probably be a time where I go on and talk about Fago. He has asked me to do that. So... Who knows? Maybe sometime soon. I don't know. Have a great night. Right, that's just like my dream podcast therapy. Good night, you too. Peace. Thanks for listening to Street Fighter Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We're coming to you out of Columbus, Ohio. We will be here later this week on Wednesday night. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. We're going to be moving over to the Means TV, though, for our live stream very oh, cool. soon. We just hey, got their keys. Can we, real quick, uh, so I, they, I, I, it was asked to pass this on. Actually, I wasn't asked to pass this on, but I'm going to pass it on for it some, better be grass for some, uh, great friends of ours on, uh, hold on. Give me two seconds. And, uh, I should have had this ready, but I was asked to pass this on and, uh, the Trillbillies are performing with, um, with Lee Baines, the third in, in, um, Sorry, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I have been told just from some back channels, I know them, they're they're sweet dudes, that there's going to be a secret guest there. Yeah. I'm personally. Maybe even me, a pair of guests. Yeah. And their wives. Yeah. Personally, I, I'm chomping at the bit. I mean, I need to know who. I think I'm going to go. I want to go to Cincinnati to see who these special guests are going to be. Yeah. So we're going to be there, and we're going to... Uh, you know, we'll, to we'll find out who out. the special guests are. So go to the Trillbillies page. Uh, go to the Trillbillies. Um, it's okay. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> Sorry. It is uh, at the. Oh, God. Could you take a little longer at to the, open up? At oh, wait. The, it's 929. Uh, that, that's not far away, is it? No, but we just called that the ABCD show. 
<laughs> so I kind of fucked that. Yeah, up. we're not going to do that for sure. Well, it'll be the sixth then, and I got to tell my wife that I gave her the wrong date. Uh, Sunday, September 29th, two thousand nineteen, at the uh, Northside Yacht Club in Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, listen, who could the? I hope it's a big guest. To yeah, tell you the truth. I hope it's good. Yeah, maybe Patton. No, probably not. I wouldn't nah. want to set the. Uh, I wouldn't want to set it so high that it was a letdown. White right? snack. I would actually like to set it very low so okay. that when the guest comes out, they don't uh, uh, disappoint people by not being a very famous person. They are looked at as you know just a. But yeah, friends of ours, the Trillbillies. We're gonna go to their show and uh, have a nice night. Yeah, maybe Minion Death Cult will show up. Thanks for calling us Tree Fight. <laughs> Thanks for calling us Tree Fight. We do appreciate it. We do this every <laughs> single week. Uh, you can call the number. It's six one four six five five three eight eight seven. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm Brett. He's Brian. We're Street Fight WCRS on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.